This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231 as we're launching into hour number one of this the live Saturday edition of the program. A special live Saturday edition. It's a, Yes, it is an extra special edition because we're actually doing it from a different location. Uh, 99% of the time we're sitting in our uh, plush Free Talk Live studios. Uh, this time we're at a kind of a wooden table in the corner over at Porkfest, as mm-hmm. a matter of fact. Um, but it's a, it's a cozy little corner with a, a very nice view out of this um, tremendous mountain with uh, all kinds of... Uh, it's, it's just so green here in New Hampshire these days. It's, uh, it's, so, it's, it's amazing, you know, having lived in Florida all of our lives, Mark, um, coming up here and actually experiencing seasons for the right. first time. The whole idea of spring springing, I had never really gotten. You know, <laughs> when they say spring has sprung, wow, it really just blows up out there. Uh, the buds come from everywhere. You, you, you know, you spend three months or four months, and you know, it's it's covered in snow and ice, and, and all you see is brown or white. Yeah, and and then of course, uh, as a result of that, that sort of contrast. It really makes it so you appreciate spring when it comes back. When all those leaves come back, it's, it seems even more green here than it did down in Florida. And That's it's just, right. The, green, the leaves come out and the bugs follow shortly. I, I haven't really noticed a huge problem with the bugs. People in New Hampshire complain about the bugs. Right. They, they, but they've never been to Florida. People in New Hampshire have no idea what bugs are like all year round in right. Florida. So here we are. Uh, we're live from Porkfest, and there's a there's a lot going on, and I want to talk more about what's what's happening with Porkfest, just because it's an exciting event. We've been talking about it for several months, and of course, all the details on it are at porkfest.com. That's p-o-r-c-f-e-s-t.com. Show will operate as normal. Uh, the phone lines are open at 800-259-9231. You as always can bring up what you want. Though we are going to start things out um, with a guest who happens to also be attending here at Porkfest. His name is Bernard von Nothaus. Um, am I pronouncing all that correct? That's yeah, pretty close, Mark. Okay. I'm Ian. This yeah, is Mark. Mark. <laughs> and um, the, the reason I ask is because the first time I met you, you pronounced it Bernard. And I thought, well, that's funny. It's spelled the same way as my last name. And I pronounced that Bernard. And so it's a little confusing. But nonetheless, you are here. And you are the monetary architect behind the Liberty Dollar. You are the man who created the concept in the first place. Um, for those that don't know, what is the Liberty Dollar? Well, the Liberty Dollar is an emerging gold and silver-based currency that uh, functions on a one-to-one basis in the marketplace. So people that are tired of uh, having um, their government money steal their purchasing power, you know, the price of gasoline's gone up, right? Yes. So, you know, uh, in face of all that, a group of people have uh, banded together to start a new currency that is inflation-proof. Right. Um, the same way, sort of, uh, you could buy the, you could buy a, a, a certain amount of loaves of bread for an ounce of gold in 1913 when they uh, went to this uh, fiat currency system that we currently have called the uh, Federal Reserve Note. Um, you can pretty much buy about the same amount of loaves of bread with an ounce of gold now. So it's it's essentially inflation proof. It is inflation-proof, and it isn't just loaves of bread, or it isn't just 1913, Mark. It mm-hmm. goes back to biblical days, you know, where an ounce of gold would buy a, a toga, a belt, and sandals. You can still get a nice suit of clothes, a shoe, and a belt mm. for the same amount of gold. Hmm. 
That's a good point. And uh, in the United States, there used to be gold and silver behind the country's currency. They took that away in the early part of the 20th century, and ever since, the dollar has just been falling and falling in value, and it's just been getting more and more worth less over time. And most people, they feel like their hands are tied. They don't know what they can do about it beyond just continuing to suffer at the hands of the, the Federal Reserve Bank. But there is another option. It's been available since uh, 1998, and you created it. How did you come up with the idea uh, for the Liberty Dollar? What was the genesis of uh, this concept? Well, actually, Ian, you know, it isn't a matter of inventing it. It's a matter of reinventing it and adapting it to the current uh, market situation. I mean, you know, because as you pointed out, we used to have gold and silver-based currency. It was issued by the government, and it worked very well up until 1913. And then, uh, of course, that's when the Federal Reserve was brought in and the income tax. Now, why, why would uh, the federal government want to bring in the Federal Reserve? Well, you know, the thing is, is that, you know, when you got a war... Uh, you have to you have to pay for that war, mm-hmm. and you either tax the people, or you inflate the money. Well, you can't inflate the money if you got a gold and silver based currency. Right. That, unless I suppose the Romans used to clip pieces of the gold and silver, and that was the closest they could come to inflating the currency. They'd keep a little bit of gold and silver. The government would keep a little bit for themselves, but that's about all you can do as far as inflating gold and silver. Right. Well, you know the clipping. Uh, was one way of doing it because they would clip off a little bit of off of every coin. Mm-hmm. Then they'd remelt that, and then they would put that out at the same face value as the other coins. And another good way that they did also was is that they would call in all the coins, and they would remint them with a lot less gold and silver. Huh. And they did that over and over and over again. Matter of fact, that was a very popular way for uh, Caesar to generate money that he needed for his own campaigns or for his lavish lifestyle or whatever. Now, what right. are, because, because, I, I, was, I was just going to say, because um, the politicians realize that people don't like to be taxed. They don't like right. to have their money taken away from them. It's That's significantly true. easier to dilute their money, and the, you know, nobody really raises a fuss about it. They tell us, as a matter of fact, that inflation's good. That's what the government, you know, the, the government has the hubris to say, oh, inflation is good, when in fact what they're doing is making our, our single dollar bill worth a little less each year. Now, hold on a second, Mark. I think you're being too kind. Okay, uh, let's let's identify inflation for what it is. Because here at Porkfest, I've talked to a lot of kids that are mm, half or a third of my age. Okay, I'm in my mid 60s. So uh, you know, I talked to some kids today, and I said, "Hey, um, were you aware that?" Uh, actually, I didn't think I put it that way. I said, "You know, you're probably aware that that inflation is is." part of the normal um, monetary system. And they go, well, yeah, right, you know. One guy says, oh, yeah, we've always had inflation. I looked at him. I said, are you guys crazy? Hmm. And they looked at me like I was crazy. And I said, hey, listen, we had no inflation till 1913. Yeah. Inflation is, is what the government would have us think is normal when reality, the correct word for inflation, for loss of your purchasing power, there's only one word for it, theft. Hmm. It's the government stealing our purchasing power. And you alluded about how much it was, Ian. I'll tell you, since the Federal Reserve came in 1913 till 2001, the U.S. dollar lost 96% of its purchasing power. 
I mean, stop at 2001. It, it, that's the last time maybe the statistics it's going great came guns. out. It's keep going down. Actually, you know, what happened in, in 2000, after 2001, is even more alarming, if you can imagine something more alarming than losing 96% of your money. I mean, that's mm-hmm. 96% of all the money in the United States. That's an enormous amount of money. But where did it go to? Bernard? Well, it went to a three-letter word, which is pretty ugly. Can you keep me in suspense? What Come on. It, it's a bad war. Arrest. War. Very war, good, okay. Mark. It went to war, war, and war. Wow. Okay? This is what it's gone to, because immediately following 1913 was 1914, which was... The commencement of World War One. World War One. But we didn't get until 1917, correct? I know that. Well, okay. it, but, you know, we were still building up a lot of arms, and we were the main supplier, the main war merchant uh, for England when it was in the war. Okay, so you had World War One, and then you had World War Two, and then the Korean War, and then the Vietnam. Do you know how many wars, how many military conflicts we've had since 1913 to the present? Now, don't forget about when Reagan... Grenada. Grenada. Don't forget about when Reagan sent the U.S. Navy down to Grenada. Yeah. Okay, but now there's... And there's Somalia. But, I mean, how many do you think? Somewhere around 10. Oh, God. No? Oh, no. Well, I... More than that. Really? What? Yes. How? Over 300 military actions have been mounted by our government without approval, the vast majority, and without approval of Congress. And you know, congressionally, Congress must approve every war. Sure. Um, In theory, at least. They don't bother with it, apparently. They don't do it anymore. The last time they did that was with World War II. Sure. No one holds their feet to the flames either, so they can get away with it. Well, the little bastards, you know, just do what they want to do. That's right. You know, and they can do that. Why? Because they have fiat money. As long as you have money. They can can pay for it by just printing Printing it out. Because it's very difficult to get what is mostly an anti-war population in America to pony up on a voluntary basis to fund these things. So they just turn on the printing presses. We're going to come back with more with Bernard von Nothaus. He is the monetary architect, the man behind the Liberty Dollar, America's number one alternative, real money-backed, value-backed currency. We'll come back with more. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, the live Saturday edition. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, though we would prefer that you have a question for our guest, uh, who we'll reintroduce here in moments. 800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site completely free, including the updates. You just get signed up. We will clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. Updates.freetalklive.com. We'll get you on the list. That is updates.freetalklive.com. FreeTalkLive.com. SACL CAI does a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy. So that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at FreeTalkLive.com or call 1-800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. Now, we're back with uh, our guest who's sitting here with us. Uh, by the way, we are at Porkfest, uh, live from the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival. Is this the fourth annual? I believe this is the fourth uh, Porkfest right of all time. Uh, it's our first one, and I'm really enjoying myself so far. Of course, I'll be enjoying myself more once I'm off the air, uh, and I can, can relax for a moment. But uh, we've actually got Bernard von Nothaus, and uh, he is the monetary architect 
Architect, the man behind the Liberty Dollar, which, uh, according to his business card, is America's inflation-proof currency since 1998. Now, you wanted to correct me on something, right? Well, yes. I mean, you refer to the Liberty Dollar as uh, something or other alternate currency. And, uh, you know, alt has a whole bunch of different meetings, alternate lifestyles, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So we like to position the Liberty Dollar is that it's... uh, America's second most popular currency. Ah, yes. Okay. And uh, we do acknowledge the U.S. Uh, dollar's supremacy in the marketplace right now. Sure. Uh, they, but They do have the king of the hill position at the moment. They do. You know, but at least now there, there's some competition, you know, because before, if you didn't like the government money, you really didn't have a choice. Right. So instead of using alt, we like to use the word emerging because it's oh, yeah. an emerging currency. Right. Now, uh, now speaking of uh, emergence, the, the emergence of the Liberty Dollar, again, it's been around since 1998, coming up soon, uh, presumably on the 10th anniversary. Nope, here 9th next anniversary. Year. Well, I mean, uh, I don't know what, when, when it came out, but, I mean, you're close to the October 10th. 1st. Um, how many dollars are in circulation? Liberty Dollars are in circulation now. Well, we publish that every year in the January newsletter. So last January, it was over $20,000, uh, $20 million. Okay, that's a big difference. $20 yeah. million 20 Liberty mi- Dollars. $20 million Liberty Dollars. 100% All backed, backed by gold silver and gold. gold. Yep. Well, um, it, it go- happens pretty quick when you've got a uh, one-ounce $1,000 gold piece. Uh, you can get up to <laughs> – you, you can get those thousands added up pretty quick. Uh, that's true. But the thing is, is that this last year is actually uh, – been retrograde for our development, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you're aware that the U.S. Mint posted a warning back on September the 13th. Now, yes, I, and I definitely want to uh, I want to get into that. We might as well do it now. But you'd gone on and done this uh, Liberty Dollar thing for several years without a, a peep from these guys. In fact, there was there are statements on your website, which you can access at dollar.freetalklive.com. It's the easiest way to get there yep. uh, because I am a, a Liberty associate. And uh, the statements are there. The treasury, I believe you got one from the Treasury, the Secret Service, and the Mint on there. That are, They're all confirming this is a completely legal thing, Liberty Dollar. Actually, you know, we have... Uh, we have statements on there from the Bureau of Printing and Engraving mm-hmm. and from the Secret Service and from the Federal Reserve. We don't have any message there from the U.S. Mint okay. or from the Department of Treasury. Gotcha. And it is the Department of Treasury and the U.S. Mint, uh, along with um, uh, the Attorney General Gonzalez, that we're now suing. We're suing all three of those. Because they came after you. Well, they really didn't come after us, per se. What they did well, on September the 13th, Ian, they posted a warning on the Mint site saying that the DOJ, Department of Justice, had determined that use, not possession, mm-hmm. use of the Liberty Dollar was a federal crime. And because of that, it's amazing, people don't want to commit a federal crime to support the Liberty Dollar. Sure. <laughs> You know, so it's been, it's had a, what we refer to in our lawsuit a chilling effect. I bet it has. Yes. You know, now, they had a boost of publicity there because of their uh, press release, but initially, that yes, tapered off after that. That's right. That's right. After that, that kind of like sunk is in. Is it and true? Went, now, th- now they can't. Well, wait, is it true what they're saying? I mean, is it a federal crime? I've got a li- I've got a liberty uh, a silver a silver liberty right here. Well, now if you hand that to me, you know, if you hand that to me in some sort of payment, right. Ian, we will commit a federal crime right, right here, here on, on the air. air. Right. <laughs> what can I buy from you, Bernard? Ah, <laughs> uh, well, you could. Uh, what can you buy from me? Well, mm. you could. Uh, I have some books out in the car, you could pay for those books. I'll pay you for it in in advance. Here you go. We're committing a federal federal crime right now. We have our audience here, right here, uh, witnessing. Yes. 
<laughs> now you, you can tell everybody's happy about this federal crime action. Now, <laughs> now I'm looking at this this uh, piece. Now here. he's handed it to you, Liberty, Mark. You, right. I, 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 now you're joining in a federal crime. The, I, I, we I guess can get the audience involved, maybe. You know, so we could have a whole yeah. class action suit here. So it says twenty dollars on it, and yes, it's sir. it's really made out of silver because you can tell it's heavy. Yes. But it doesn't in anywhere any any place on it say United States currency or no. anything like that. Nope. So it's not counterfeit. De- not, definitely not. You're not counterfeiting anything. No one could. It doesn't no look one, like a quarter. Those right. little pieces of tin that they tell you are, oh. are worth something before 19, uh, the 1960s when they were silver. You right. couldn't possibly mistake this for something that would come out of the, right. uh, the, the th- This looks like it's worth something, unlike a quarter. Well, it, and it is worth something. And the point is, is that similitude, which is the things that you're alluding to, guys, mm-hmm. uh, is not in question. Uh, the, the government dug up this inane of uh, law, Section 486, uh, USC Code, uh, Title 18, Section 486, and that's what they say that we're violating. Mm-hmm. Now, this, this Section 486 is a very popular crime. Uh, <laughs> since it was brought in in 1862, there's been five cases. So there's uh, not a lot of case law backing up this uh, Section 486. There isn't a whole lot of anything now, except this, for hot air. Is it a law or is it a code? Uh, it's a law. It's a law. Yeah. Okay. I just want I just want to be clear. Yeah. They refer to USC as US code, but it's okay. a criminal code, right? Sometimes uh, bureaucrats will make up rules oh. and they'll they'll act like they're laws, but mm. they're you know no no U.S. representative or senator has ever voted on it, so I don't see any reason that I have to follow your little rule that you made up, Mr. I don't bureaucrat. See any reason to follow it, even if they did vote on it, but nonetheless. <laughs> So what are you what are you doing? You said you have a lawsuit against uh, the feds, uh, yes. basically um, because of what they've done in this case. That's right. That started was it early this year? When did that go? That's into right. That started this year. Uh, let's see. That would have been uh, March the twentieth is when we filed that. And now there's a bunch of waiting while they have to accept what uh, responses. That's what's been or going something. on, you know. And let me just mention that the reason we did sue the government is because after they put up their warning on September the thirteenth. They didn't start any investigation. They didn't bring any indictments. They didn't go out and, at that time, go out and harass anybody. They didn't do anything, Mm -hmm. okay? So the game plan over a period of six months was became very obvious, and that was they were just going to wear us down from our attrition. You know, in other words, they were just going to scare our supporters and our business away from us. Right. Generate right. enough bad publicity to where those who are Liberty Associates like myself or the right. RCOs, which are sort of the upper level distributors, right. um, that they are too, they would be too scared to actually do business. So you said there has been some drop off, but obviously there's a lot of people that are just going to say, Bernard, we're going to stick with you. We're going to keep keep doing business with the Liberty dollar, right? I mean, there's still a, a good cadre of people out there oh, continuing. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Except that the, the, the overall volume of business has dropped off dramatically. Oh, my. Right. You know. So people need to uh, really look into this and consider maybe getting involved as well. Um, it's dollar.freetalklive.com is where you can learn a lot more about the Liberty Dollar. That's dollar.freetalklive.com. We've already got at least two calls. Okay, They want good. to talk to you, Bernard. So we're going to come back with those. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. We're talking with the monetary architect behind the Liberty Dollar. This is Free Talk Live. <laughs> 
This is Free Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free. 1-800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. That's 800-259-9231. That would be the number to dial um, specifically if you've got a question for Bernard von Nothaus. He is the monetary architect behind America's Liberty Dollar. Um, And you can learn more about the Liberty Dollar at dollar.freetalklive.com. Real value-backed currency, America's second most popular currency. Did I get it right this time? Yes, sir. Okay, good deal. Uh, we've been talking about the, the not only the, the history of the Liberty Dollar, it's been around for almost 10 years, and um, hugely successful, 20 million Liberty Dollars in circulation in the United States. And um, just curious, do you, do you have any uh, Canadians that are doing business with the Liberty Dollar House? Is there anything out, any action outside of the United States? Oh, yeah, it's actually uh, quite large, although the focus of, of, of the American Liberty Dollar, of course, is sure. the United States. But, you know, Canada has the same sort of oppressive uh, tax inflationary system right. that we have here. Everyone's, every other country in the world has a fiat currency. So Actually, of the, uh, of the 168 currencies in the world, there is only one currency that's backed up by gold and silver. Yours. That'd be it. That's That'd be the Liberty Dollar. And so, yes, Argentina and Germany and China and Hong Kong and, and Australia and New Zealand and... and England and Scotland and Ireland and um, Turkey, Romania. The I'm, same scam everywhere, basically. Yeah, but I'm saying these are countries that actually use the Liberty Dollar. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, right. that's great. Yeah. I, uh, I, I've been in contact with um, a big supporter in Romania recently who wants me to um, start doing a Romanian Liberty Dollar. Now, awesome. We've, we've already minted Liberty Dollars for Panama, um, Ecuador, Puerto Rico, and Hawaii, in addition to the continental United States. That's that's kind of a cool aspect. Uh, another side of your business is not necessarily promoted heavily on your website, but it's no. something that people can do is they can get in touch with you guys at the Liberty Dollar. And if you you don't have to be a country, you you can be a business owner who wants to create his own custom sort of localized um, marks. Rib shack currency, for instance. I mean, you can do that sort of thing. You know, there's a, there's a lot of currencies in a lot of different places. Um, believe it or not, I mean, there's there's buffalo dollars out there. There's all mm-hmm. kinds of uh, little um, I, I don't even know what to call these community currencies. Yeah, I, I yeah. Guess. yeah, local currencies. But they're yeah. not they're not value backed, though, are they? That's right. They're not value backed. Uh, although, you know, just uh, two days ago, I was over in the Berkshires in western Massachusetts, mm-hmm. um, in Great Barrington. And uh, Susan Witt and the Schumacher Society has issued the uh, Burke shares over there, which is a local currency. And uh, it's accepted by the banks. As a matter of fact, when I wow. stopped through town, I actually bought a bunch of Burke shares local currency at a bank mm-hmm. and gave them Federal Reserve do- dollars for it. Hmm. So there's a variety of local currencies out there. As a matter of fact, there's a lot of local currencies out there. Now, the idea, be- the idea behind it, in case someone's just coming across this concept for the first time, is that you have this local currency... Um, and the idea is to encourage bi- local business owners to accept that currency and do business in that currency, um, as well as the Federal Reserve notes. But that way they can sort of encourage people to come in and use that currency with their local businesses, thereby sort of keeping some money in the community. Is that basically the idea? That's right. Basically, uh, Paul Glover actually got the ball rolling along when he brought out the Ithaca Hour in 1991. Right. 
And what he said was that a dollar bill comes in town, shakes hands a couple times, and then gets whisked away by Walmart or some other big box retailer. Mm -hmm. So he said we need to have a currency, a local currency, that circulates within the community to help protect the community from the money being taken out of the community. In addition to the business aspect there's the cultural aspects there's the social good aspect uh, there's a lot of different reasons why local currencies work better in the community than a big mega currency i was looking at the article about the berkshire dollar yeah and i found it interesting because there are some merchants in the the area that have decided to offer their customers a discount for using the Berkshire dollar. So there's some really kind of cool business things you can do with these things to encourage people to use the alternative currencies uh, or the community currencies in your in your location. Well, actually, there's a, there's a whole purpourri of different things because, you know, just imagine you got your own currency. You can do whatever you damn well please, right? Right. You know, I mean, it's just like we discount the Liberty dollar so we inspire people to get the currency. And matter of fact, it's the same on the Berkshires. There, That currency is distributed at discount also. So that means people actually get more purchasing power by using the local currency. Right. So if you go to a uh, restaurant that uh, accepts the Berkshire currency and you buy a meal for yourself at 16.50 instead of $16.50 in uh, Federal Reserve notes, you maybe you spend $15 on it. You get a little discount. Well, actually, you, you usually don't get a discount at that particular time, Mark. But when you buy them, right? Right. You get it when you So you effectively get your discount once you spend. That's right. Got yeah. it. You, you know, we realize your discount at, at, uh, upon spending. That's we, right. We, we're just fascinated by uh, the, the the idea of value-backed currency. I love it. It's it's just, you've got an awesome product. Again, dollar.freetalklive.com to learn more. But we've got people that want to talk to you, Bernard. So we're going to go well, to the phones let's here. Let's talk to them. Let's like talk first to, to, it is Frank in New York. You're on Free Talk Live with Bernard von Nothaus. Uh, hello, gentlemen. Hi, Frank. Uh, hey, Frank. I have a question regarding uh, the legality of the Liberty Dollar. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but with the Federal Reserve Act of 1913, the federal, the U.S. government, in a sense, gave away its ability to create money uh, to a private central bank, which was the Federal Reserve. And it was the Federal Reserve that actually instructed the Treasury on the amount of money it could print and the coins that it could uh, strike. Uh, now, I have a, a question, though, regarding uh, the legality of the Liberty Dollar. Is it set up as sort of uh, kind of like corporate paper that, that has the backing of the Federal Reserve? Or how how is it? Because, you know, okay. the only currency that uh, is legitimate right. tender in this country is Federal Reserve notes. Right on, Frank. And okay. I'm sort of interested in that and i have another question you made the well, comment slow down slow down no let's, let's take it one at a time yeah here. you got a okay. you got a fruit salad happening already frank <laughs> you know let's just let's just uh bite off on a few things here okay okay uh first when the congress uh passed the federal reserve act they did not bar the sovereign citizens of the united states from doing their own currency okay so there's nothing exclusive there all right uh, second, um, the Federal Reserve has uh, the only ability to issue legal tender. That's true, too. But the Liberty Dollar is based exclusively on the fact that it is not legal tender. Matter of fact, that's one of the points in our lawsuit is, is the, and we have stressed this repeatedly, the Liberty Dollar is legal, 100% legal. You can use it, but it is not legal tender, and we've never presented it as legal tender, nor a coin, nor as what is referred to as current money in Section 486. 
So there's your three quick answers. Now you got one more question to go? Yeah, yeah. The other question is this. Uh, what is it backed by? It's backed by okay. gold and yeah. silver, correct? That's right. The Liberty dollar is 100% backed and 100% redeemable in gold and silver. The gold and silver is stored in What is the in ratio a, today of, of redeeming if I had a Liberty dollar and I wanted to have it redeemed in gold? Well, right now, say, today, How much would it be worth? T- well, today we're at the $20 base in silver. So if you had one Liberty dollar in paper form, for example, uh, okay. you, you would redeem that, and you would have to redeem that for us. Uh, you'd have to have $20 to make a redemption because only one-ounce Silver Liberties are stored in the warehouse. And so you'd need to combine your – if you only had one, you'd have to get some more, Frank – or you'd have to make up the difference in Federal Reserve notes to redeem a one-ounce, $20 face value Silver Liberty. There's only one-ounce pieces in the warehouse. Frank, thank you for the so, call. So we appreciate ounce, hearing from you. Thank you for the call. 1-800-259-9231. Uh, we've got to make room for other callers because people got questions for Brian. Yeah, we got a lot of questions there, too. Yep. Um, 1-800-259-9231. It is an, an awesome concept, and I'm a huge fan of it. I, I don't even remember when I joined up. I think I've been a Liberty Associate for uh, three, three years? years now. You were born like a Liberty Associate. Mm-hmm. You know, it took me a while. It took me a while um, looking at the, the idea, and there's, again, a lot of information at dollar.freetalklive. There's a lot to read through and a lot to come to understand because most of us, we've always thought that the Federal Reserve note is it. And uh, it's not. There there is another choice, and it's worth choosing. uh, But you do need to to learn about it before you jump in uh, head first. It took me over a year really just researching and considering and making the the decision to become a Liberty The book they have is amazing. I I read that. It's incredible. We'll come back with more with Bernard von Nothaus. Uh, Carl's on the line and your calls as well. We'll try to sneak him in here in these uh, remaining moments of hour number one. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is a live Saturday edition, broadcasting extra live from Porkfest, the fourth annual Free State Project Porcupine Freedom Festival here at the uh, very, very beautiful Gunstock uh, Ski Resort, which there's no skiing going on right now. Right. Even in New Hampshire, there's no snow. Uh, but there's... There's still a lot to do here, and we'll, we'll talk more about Porkfest in a little while. I think we're going to have the organizer of the event on in hour number two. Uh, but right now, sitting with us is Bernard von Nothaus. He is the monetary architect behind the Liberty Dollar. We're going to go back to your phone calls here in a moment. If you've got a question for Bernard, 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. That's 1-800-259-9231. Do you know that nine out of ten lawsuits in the world are filed in the United States? Any number of lawsuits, court orders, or greedy bureaucrats could leave you and your family penniless. At KeepYourAssets.net, they're experts in sheltering your wealth. You'll see what KeepYourAssets.net can help you, or how they can help you to be protected against those that wish to take your assets. That's KeepYourAssets.net. Net. So, uh, again, back with Bernard von Nothaus for the final segment of hour number one. And uh, we've, we've been all over the place. Uh, people are calling in. They want to talk to you, Bernard. So we're just going to go straight back into the phone calls and talk to Carl in Montreal. You're on Free Talk Live. By the way, I want to apologize to our Internet listeners. There's a, a, a bug on our Internet stream that is preventing the caller's audio from going out, so there's not much I can do about that We'll right do a little now. repeating. Yeah, you'll have to listen to – no, they'll just have to listen to the archives later. Anyway, um, Carl, you're on the air. Yeah, I have a question. Well, I was jailed on trumped-up charges a few years back. Um, I ran into this guy who had a similar concept for local currency. His name was Hartford Van Dyke. I don't know if you're familiar with his case. He came up, I don't remember the name of it. I think it was a rebate note or something. It was like a local currency, and they think they jailed him on a similar kind of uh, charge. 
think uh, it was eight forty-five or. I'm not familiar with the case there, but I can tell you that there's never been a currency issued like the Liberty Dollar because it's a based on a warehouse receipt. What does that mean? What? Yeah. What, well, a warehouse receipt is a legal document. It's a contract between a warehouseman that holds uh, an ounce of silver like this and mm-hmm. issues a certificate. In this particular case, the warehouseman issues $20 certificates, 10s, 5s, and 1s in different denominations backed up by a proportional amount of silver that's in the warehouse. Carl, thank you for the call. We appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. That's sort of how the uh, the Federal Reserve note, back when it was called a silver certificate in the old days, that's sort of how it used to work. You were supposed to be able to take the uh, the silver certificates down to whatever Federal Reserve Bank, I guess, and actually have them hand you the appropriate amount of silver for that. That doesn't work anymore, obviously. That's but, right. But that's what's going on with the Liberty Dollar. There really is silver in an independently audited mm-hmm. vault, so it's not like somebody's just making this up. That's right. Um, there's really silver sitting in a vault somewhere with uh, with your name on it, basically. That's right, and it's all been minted already too. It isn't a big bars or anything. It is ready for immediate uh, delivery. Okay. I meant to ask that. I wanted to know: is this scrap silver you get from people? You know, chain. You know, <laughs> b- big chains with uh, I don't know Cadillac symbols on them. What, what kind of silver is this? Uh, actually, we buy the silver on the New York Commodity Exchange, and okay. it is minted into one ounce silver liberties, and it's stored in the warehouse. There you go. So when I mean we had a redemption once of like eighty something thousand dollars, you know, which was a huge. I mean that's four thousand wow. ounces, you know. So we you, never batted an eye. We just uh, sent there in. You go. The, that yep. was it. Well, there's a contract. This is a cool thing. I don't have mine in front of me, but no. if you flip over the paper version of the Liberty Dollar, the certificate version, there is actually a contract there stating, you know, here's where your money is. Your the terms. And, right. Right. And, and you've uh, signed the it. Date and the, well, I don't sign the contract. Oh, really? No. I because it has your signature on it, does it, not? It does on the face of the certificate, oh, okay. but on the back where the warehouse receipt is, that's actually signed by a warehouseman. Oh, I, I am see. not the warehouse, so Makes I'm sense. not the one who issues the currency. The currency is actually issued by the warehouse to Liberty Services that then distributes the currency. That's been a problem in the past when people were both the warehouseman and the distributor because then you Conflict could go Conflict of interest. In, oh, yeah. Right. Big time. So yeah. you, how often is this uh, warehouse audited? Monthly, every month. Great. And those are all viewable online. For anybody that Absolutely. really wants to do the digging, they can, they can do it. Oh, all and that. people do. Oh, they do. I bet they do. <laughs> I, I don't blame them for that. Uh, let's go to the phones. It is Levi in Illinois. You're on with Bernard von Nothaus with the Liberty Dollar. Well, how you doing? I'm, I'm glad to talk to you after reading about it. Uh, um, I'm an activist. I volunteer with Aaron's group and read a lot about these things. But as a kid collecting coins and stuff... Uh, some interesting things that, that that I had collected were, you know, way back in the in seventeen nineties and you know eighteen tens. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, banks, by their sheer reputation, would write out basically, I guess, what today you could call a certified check, saying that by our reputation, this man is giving you this paper that's worth this much U.S. money that was then backed by metal. And uh, everyday people today still write out checks that's just basically backed by, you know, the promise that the bank is, uh, is a reputable bank. And I don't see any possibility how what you're doing could be illegal, especially if you got, you know, receipts for warehouse that this is there. 
uh, you're running it like a business. You got your insurance. The place burns down. It melts, and you don't get enough now, back. The insurance puts of, the rest. What's, point of clarification: what's the deal? We the, write a check every day. Right. Well, How the feds. I don't think the feds are claiming that Bernard is trying to scam people. I think he's. They're claiming that he's trying to pretend like uh, the, the the Liberty Dollar is federal currency. Right. They're just scared um, that there's a. No, they're not even saying that we pretend like it's federal currency. You know, again, similitude. There, there's no conflict in terms of the design or the roundness or anything the, the similar to, in other words, the way it looks, mm-hmm. you know. They're just saying that when we use a piece of gold or silver between two consenting adults, that that was illegal. It, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, I could, I could get any Welcome old to piece the government. Of, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We've got more calls. Uh, thank you for the call, Levi. Let's go to Lou in Florida listening on WFTL. Lou, you're on with Bernard von Nothaus. Yes, how you doing? Great. Now listen, you didn't answer the first caller. What is the exact exchange rate between your dollar and the American dollar? Well, it's one-to-one. It's and one-to-one. So what is silver going for now in American dollars? Uh, well, silver is around $13 an ounce. So uh, why are you exchanging a 20-to-one instead of 13-to-one? Well, because, you know, the, the thing is, is that uh, you can't go out so and So you're buy making like a 70% profit on Lou, that. Lou, thank you for the call. We appreciate hearing from you. Give them a chance to answer the question now. Okay. You can't go, Lou, you can't go out and buy a loaf of bread for the $0.08 cents worth of wheat that's in the bread, can you? Well, he's not Who's there. Gone? I got rid of him. <laughs> huh? He's Who's gone. gone. He's, uh, he's a hostile caller. So oh, I just want to have you get, go ahead and make, answer the question because we're even short on time here. Why is there a profit incentive built into the, the Liberty Dollar? Actually, the, 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 there's so many things to address here. Right. First, the $13 an ounce is when you're buying 5,000 ounces unmanufactured in New York City. So if you're buying anything less than that, the price is going to be higher. Right. I just went to New York City and went to the uh, Diamond uh, District, and I tried to buy silver, I thought, oh, you can go out here and buy it for spot. You can't buy silver for spot. No. I was getting uh, the Canadian maple leaves and the uh, Mexican unos. Maybe yeah. I have those right. I don't. I, it's some number, some word like that. And uh, they were one-ounce nice. pieces, and I was getting them for $16 a piece. And that's after I talked the guy down. And believe me, it's not easy to talk people down on uh, the, New the Diamond City. District of New York City. Right, exactly. And, and it's the same thing if you're buying a U.S. minted uh, silver eagle, for that matter. You right. Know, is is the United States government cheating people when they sell silver eagles for $20? No. No, they're not. You know, the thing is, is what the, the U.S. government is doing is, is that they're putting out a, a one-ounce uh, silver eagle that has one ounce of three-nines fine silver in it and has a face value on it of $1. Mm. So in terms of comparison between the two currencies, you have a choice of paying $16, $18 in that sort of category for a one-ounce Silver Liberty from the U.S. Mint and using it for a dollar or getting a Liberty dollar for 16 or $18 because it is distributed at a discount right. and using it for $20. And the reason why um, it costs more than spot is because it takes effort to, and money to turn a hunk of silver into a usable currency. That's right. right. It's got to be weighted. It's got to be melted, rolled, uh, blanked, weighted, stamped. you got your dyes. you got your overhead. you Plus, got the cost. Yeah, you you're got not eight. subsidized like uh, the, the U.S. government. So You've got to cover everything. everything. You've got a, an office with yeah. toll-free lines. You've yeah. got to cover all that. Brochures uh, and everything else. Let's go real quick to Adrian in Jupiter uh, listening on WFTL. Quick question for Bernard von Nuthaus. Yeah, hey, uh, great uh, listening to you guys. This Thanks. You've got to get the question out quick, man. Quick, quick. 
Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm just curious, how, how do you guys uh, make money off this? I know it's, it's a business, and I, I know it's no, a good it, thing to make money. And I, I actually, the Liberty that, Dollar... Thank you, Adrian. Thank you for the call. Uh, actually, Adrian, the Liberty Dollar is a nonprofit philanthropic project that I started when I retired from the Mint after 25 years. Wow. And so uh, this is not geared towards making a lot of money. It's geared towards bringing back a value-backed currency, putting uh, good money in people's hands, and protecting you from the coming currency collapse. You, uh, you're, you're. I think you're one of my heroes, uh, Bernard, because you're, you like Free Talk Live have sort of gone out there and you've done the right thing, and you know that down the line this is going to be worthwhile. Down the line, uh, I mean, even in the last ten years, there have been a tremendous amount of people whose eyes have been opened. It's, oh. it's really even more of an educational experience than anything Huge. else to open people's eyes to the uh, the Federal Reserve note scam, and uh, you've done a brilliant job of it. And please keep up the good work. I know you've got you're in the middle of this lawsuit, and I, I get your. Uh, your, your email updates, so we, we talk about them as, as time goes on, and we'll Great. keep our listeners up to date here. And, of course, Thanks, Ian. I'm sure we'll have you on again maybe uh, next year's uh, Forkfest. Anytime. Get Bernard, me before they, uh, before they send me off to federal prison. Enjoy the bonfire. We'll see, uh, we'll see you later. And uh, hour number two is on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition of the program. We're launching into hour number two. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. Our Internet stream is back up to 100%, which is good news. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. We are on location today, so that's why things might not sound quite as crisp and clean as they normally do. Uh, but that's because we're out almost in the middle of nowhere in uh, New Hampshire at Gunstock uh, Mountain and Ski Resort, where uh, we're attending the fourth annual Porcupine Freedom Festival. Now, if you've been listening to Free Talk Live for the past, I don't know, three months, four months. We've been promoting this every single night. Um, so, And of course, because of that, there are a number of our listeners here with us and uh, really appreciate everybody coming out to spend time at uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival. We actually have the organizer of Porkfest here because I did want to actually talk about Porkfest. We spent the whole uh, first hour with uh, Bernard von Nauthaus from the Liberty Dollar, which I found um, absolutely fascinating. But now that uh, now that we have Rich Goldman here with us, he is the organizer behind Porkfest this year, at least. Hello, Rich. Good to have you on uh, Free Talk Live. Glad to be here. What is Porkfest? Porkfest is the annual summer gathering of the Free State Project. It's an opportunity for several things. One, for people that are interested in the project to come to New Hampshire, see the state, see several of the members of Let the project. Let me stop you for a moment. The project being a movement to uh, move oh, yes. as many liberty-loving individuals, hopefully 20,000 at least, uh, to New goal. Hampshire in order to attain more liberty for yes. this one particular yes. state. Uh, so with that in mind, they're mm. gathering right now. Right. And so they've had several events throughout the week to in order to encourage more people to move. So throughout the week, we've been having bus tours around the state. Oh, yes. Yes, we've been visiting Keene, I believe... A bunch of people got to meet you and very that's glad right, to. That's right. That was fun. All right. We've been to the Portsmouth area. We've been to Concord. We've been to Manchester. We've been all over the state. And so it's been, a, for people that can't easily make it to New Hampshire, this has been an excellent opportunity to meet various people in the communities, various geographies in the community, look at houses, get prepared for job interviews. Mm. We've also had this weekend a lot of workshops, you know, we like pro-liberty activists. Right. That's and what we're looking for. I mean, exactly. If you want to come here and just vote, well, that's fine, but uh, we'll we really it. want people that are going to do something Exactly. Else. And so we've had several workshops, this uh, pork fest dealing with recruitment, dealing with time management, dealing with media and public relations. I wanted to make the time management thing, but I'm you know, <laughs> just not very good at that yet. I, I heard that joke before. Yeah. <laughs> 
So, uh, so there have been things going on all week long, and it mm-hmm. really sort of uh, the, the apex was today. The peak of the activity was today. In fact, there's st- it's still going on right now, and I know there's a lot of things you need to be doing. <laughs> uh, but what's happening as we're speaking? Because we're in here doing our show. We're missing all the fun. What are we missing out on right now, Rich? You are missing the Saturday cook-off down oh. at the boardwalk area. Mm-hmm. We've had several several cooks. They've made some food at their campsites, brought it over. We've got some quantity food, too. And so you buy your ticket, you walk around, you get to socialize with people, and really that's what Porkfest is about. It's about meeting people. Right. It's about meeting the people that hopefully will be your neighbors in the future in New Hampshire. Now, I know we've got, and I hope that a little bit later on, we're going to have sort of this third microphone open and just invite, you know, whoever's around to stop in and sit down. And I really would find it interesting to talk to somebody who... Um, and if you want to send somebody over that's like this, would be great. But somebody who it's their first time in New Hampshire, mm-hmm. somebody who it's their first time, you know, coming to an event like this mm-hmm. where it's their first time experiencing something that I experienced for the first time in uh, in February, being around literally hundreds of people that think the same way that you do, people that believe in liberty, people that believe that the government is the last thing we need uh, mm-hmm. in our lives, to have all these people in the same place together, there's something really special about that, isn't there? Yes, it's very special. And we had um, one of the guys who was leaving today, he was saying, you know, what's really great about this festival is that you have, you know, 450-plus people here, and everyone, you know, you can get into these very intellectual conversations, very, you know, I don't want to say heated, but very in-depth. Right. And there's an intellectual level about liberty and about politics and about the future and about society that, frankly, they rarely get to experience elsewhere. And while we don't necessarily agree 100%, that 90% that we do agree upon, you know, it's such a sure. joy and experience to be able to share with other people, you know, being outdoors, being able to eat together, being able to attend events together, go shooting together, you name it. And that's a really powerful event that we try and put on. There were even people scuba diving earlier this oh, week. Oh, yes, yes. Peter Herrick, he's, he's had his boat out, taking people scuba diving. Where, in Lake Winnipesaukee? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what were they looking at? They, they saw beautiful rocks. <laughs> they saw beautiful <laughs> mud and stuff. <laughs> no, Hey, next year, I'm sure he'll do it again. He'll take you diving. Okay. There you go. So there's a lot going I'm on. Rated. It's uh, It's not over tonight. Um, there's some stuff going on tomorrow morning, as a matter right. of fact. Tomorrow morning, I think one of the more important events we're having tomorrow is the 2008 planning meeting. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. And so we're all, once this is over, we get started again planning for next year. And so... We did a lot new this year, and we really appreciate getting feedback from people about what worked, what didn't work, sure. what they'd like to see added, who'd like to volunteer, wink, wink. Was uh, was this year a success? <laughs> oh, yes, most definitely. How many people? At least 451. That's tremendous. Yes. Um, and you say at least because, you know, when you're dealing with liberty-minded people, there are inevitably going to be those that come here and say, I don't want a name tag. <laughs> I don't want anyone to know who I am, uh, but uh, I'm here. You well, I, I also noted the uh, check-in wasn't exactly the, uh, the, the, the iron, the steel trap. You know, mm-hmm. I, I wandered around for about 20 minutes before I got checked in, so I could have easily continued wandering. Mm-hmm. I, I think you might just bump that up by 50% or so. Will do. <laughs> Nonetheless, um, a successful event, and it's an honor to be here broadcasting from. And I'm glad you guys had uh, had us out, and, th- and thank you for came. doing that. Um, because we love the Free State Project, we love what it stands for. That's why we moved early. Um, because the concept is uh, that to, w- we want to move 20,000 Liberty lovers here eventually. But the original idea behind the project was that well, we had to reach the 20,000 signer point before anybody decided to move. Right. It turns out that you know there are a couple hundred people that said, "Screw that, we're not waiting. We're coming here early," and they've really 
really yeah. gotten the ball rolling, creating all sorts of uh, of organizations, that, uh, activist groups, and they're really making it even more exciting for those who are still out there around the country and around the world watching what's happening here in New Hampshire or listening on uh, via Free Talk Live, and they're getting excited and giving we're hopefully giving them extra reasons to come here sooner. Have you have a lot of people talked to you this weekend and said, oh, yes. Rich, this has changed my mind. I want to come here sooner rather than later. Exactly, and that's we had one one couple just the other day. So you know we've been thinking about it, but this you know pork fest, you know we saw it basically. We're we're in. We're, we're what coming. does it cost to join the Free State Project? Zero. Really? So all you have to do is just. It's, commit to it, right? Yes. I mean, there's moving costs, but, you know. Sure. I mean, but, and it's a big deal. To and I think one of the more important things that should be pointed out is where we're doing the sign-ins, we're putting on people's badge, where they first 1,000, where they prospectives, you know, where they participants or mm-hmm. early movers. Or, but what we had a lot of this year where people just moved. They just yeah. moved this week or just mm. within the past couple of days. Well, now's, now's moving season in New yeah. Hampshire because it oh, sure yeah. wasn't six months ago. <laughs> it's so exciting. Now, you yourself are an outsider still. Oh, yes. Where, where do you live? I currently live in Baltimore, Maryland. Okay. I'm a Ph.D. student at the University of Maryland, Baltimore County in Information Systems. But I think it's also a testament that should be pointed out is that you do not have to be in New Hampshire yet to, give a lot, to do a lot for the Free State Project. Right. Mm-hmm. And you've done a lot. I mean, it's no easy task yes. organizing an event like this. Yes, it's I huge. mean, we've had a lot of helpers, but the Internet has enabled so much, and the you know, simple telephone as well. We've been able to coordinate with Gunstock, with our volunteers, with our vendors, through our web pages, through emails. And I th- think that's something that really needs to be emphasized, that people that support the Free State Project, there are many ways to help the project, to recruit people, to help organize events without you having to be in New Hampshire. In fact, it's really important that there are people outside of New Hampshire working uh, in, on behalf of the Free State Project. Um, Mark, you and I, we used to attend uh, the local group meetings mm-hmm. down in Sarasota, mm-hmm. Florida, and uh, that's something that you can do very simply, just to get together with others. And Yeah, and we used to joke, I was uh, organizer in the Mid-Atlantic region, and we had you know various people that were very active, you know, Kate Rick and Adam Rick, and... You know, the, the good thing is they get very active, and then they move up to New Hampshire right. and say, who's going to run the local group? Yeah, it is tough. <laughs> well, it is planned obsolescence. Exactly. And so, but fortunately, you know, through myself, uh, Phil Dinesh, Lynn Pina, and several others, you know, being able to keep it growing. But that's the important thing is, like, you know, being involved, doing what you can, where you can, when you can. Very good. And you've done a fantastic job with this event. I know you've got other things to uh, to move on and do. But before you go, what's your favorite thing about Porkfest this year? What's my favorite thing about Porkfest? The whole festival. Everything is every yeah, everything we have done new this year has worked out wonderfully. We've gotten positive feedback. And Do you think it was a good move because it used to be held at oh, a yes. different location and it was yeah. more it was further north, it was a longer drive. Oh, it would have yes. taken us an extra hour to get there probably. <laughs> at least. So it was this significant Oh yes. And we we've, we've this is one of the main things we wanted feedback on throughout the week and everyone who's talked to that we haven't asked they've come up to and said Gunstock is a wonderful place. It's not in the middle of nowhere. It's by the highways. It's beautiful. The campsites are big. This, you know, the staff is wonderful. And Gunstock has been a very excellent choice. Very cool. So probably it might be here again next year. Anyway, definitely. Rich Goldman, organizer of the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival. Thank you for stopping by. Thanks and for having uh, me. Enjoy the rest of your evening. 1-800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. We'll take your calls about whatever's on your mind. And uh, we'll have a visit from one of our former co-hosts uh, on uh, the way next. 
This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free, the live Saturday edition. 1-800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. That's 800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And Johnson. Johnson, joining us again for the first time in, what, almost a year now. It's yeah, been. it's been too long. You uh, you are now here in New Hampshire. Why are you here in New Hampshire? What are you doing here? Where did know. you What's, come what from? What is this crazy mm-hmm. event we're at? Yeah, it's Pork Fest, and you're here um, for the first. Uh, is this your first? Yeah, time this in is New my Hampshire? For, this is my first Pork Fest. It's not my first time in New Hampshire. Although the last time I was here, it was much colder, and I was in the woods. So wow. okay. I've spent some time camping in New Hampshire gotcha. in the past, but that was so in the recent uh, in recent Johnson history. This is the uh, yes. first time recently, at least. For, certainly my first time here, uh, scoping out an area to look for a place to live. For those that don't know, uh, for those that are newer to the show, Johnson uh, was one of our uh, weekday co-hosts for a long, long time, and I'm sure he will be again once he finally makes the uh, official move up here uh, to New Hampshire. And we'll we'll catch up with you here in a few moments. We've had callers waiting patiently as we've had a bunch of guests on the program, so I want to jump into that after this. Pop quiz, what do Washington politics and libertarianism have in common? Answer very little. But the Prometheus Institute, that's readpi.com, is looking to change all that by implementing practical, innovative solutions to today's most pressing policy issues. Visit readpi.com today. That's readpi.com today. And I've been so excited about Porkfest, I've uh, neglected promoting our website, which is freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, so enjoy those on us. As we roll into the phone calls, to talk to Ron in Charleston, listening on WVTS. Hey, Ron. Hello, how are you? Great. What's on your mind? Uh, it's unfortunate that I couldn't make uh, this year's event. I can't wait to get more actively involved in the organization. Fantastic. And are also you... to eventually relocate to your area. So then are you a Free State Project member? Not just yet, no. Okay, well, consider I doing was, uh, I was looking forward to being able to sell my house by now, but it's been unnecessarily delayed. Well, it's not exactly an easy market to sell houses in, that's for damn sure. And you don't have to sell the house before you sign up. You just have to sign up at freestateproject.org. Good point. The other thing that could be brought up, I mean, is do you think you'd be able to make that move within, say, 15 years? Mm-hmm. Because the, <laughs> the thing about the, the Free State Project, a lot of people get confused, is that the actual commitment is to move, you know, the, the base, the first commitment is to move within five years of the 20,000. I know that the project has changed somewhat since then. Yeah, they've had the first 1,000 pledge to move the, the, the thousand, first 1,000 movers sooner rather than later by the end of 2008, for instance. But this is a long-term project, right. and the signer count is only at 7,700. So having uh, you sign up, Ron, would, would help because you know the more numbers we can get on that signer count, the more people that are sort of sitting on the fence watching those numbers saying, there's probably people out there that are saying, well, I'll sign up when it reaches over 10,000. You know, they're, they're just sitting there waiting, and so having people like you that know that you want to head in this direction eventually sign up sooner rather than later, it, it makes sense. Good point, yes. Did, so did you have and any plans uh, for us? I, oh, yes. I'm a uh, small business owner. I have 19 full-time employees. It's interesting the way that, unfortunately, current big government is operating. Uh, I pay more taxes than most of the Fortune 500 companies. Really? really? Like the ratio. Especially the, yes. The ratio, Definitely. okay. Well, that's because they've got all the lawyers that know how to get them out of the, the taxes, right? Oh, yes. I'm afraid so. That and big government really bends over backwards. To screw uh, you over, you mean? They bend uh, over backwards to screw your company? Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. Too gotcha. much regulation, too much big brother wanting... 
now, there Ron, are and you going, an influence. Are you going to be able to move your company to New Hampshire when you come up here? Yes, that's, yes, I will. That's excellent. And there are a lot of yeah. people that are doing that. It's not an easy task to do, but, I mean, New Hampshire already has a great economy. And, Ron, thank you for the call. We appreciate hearing from you. New Hampshire already has the best economy in the Northeast. And how great is it that all these liberty-minded people that have businesses are not only uprooting their, their themselves and their family and moving to New Hampshire, but they're taking their uh, their economic powerhouses with them and, uh, and their jobs as well. So there are going to be jobs up here uh, that are going to be created by the people moving into the state. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I think it's going to have a serious impact on economic growth in a lot of different areas of New Hampshire, and I think it's a great time to get in as fast as possible because that incoming wealth is only going to bring wealth to the people who arrive first. It's currently number one in uh, IT jobs, and I feel like that's a a precursor to... uh, East of the Mississippi. Because California is... Yeah, I think it's in the northeast. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but, you know, it's a precursor to the economy, uh, you know, going north. Absolutely. 1-800-259-9231. So, uh, Johnson, you're, what are you doing now? What took you so long to get out of Florida? Update our listeners on your status. Well, IT, actually. <laughs> okay. I'm uh, currently attending school in Connecticut. I actually have some family there, and I'm uh, going back for a degree uh I'm starting the beginning part of getting a bachelor's degree in computer science, which I'm thinking about going kind of halfway and then completing that in New Hampshire. And, uh, I mean, I I wanted to actually get up here a little bit earlier um, Mm -hmm. to scope things out and see, you know, the area around Keene and find a place, you know, generally where I want to live. And there were some delays Caused by, actually, the Connecticut state government. Really? Yeah. Do tell. Um, Well, I was held up for three consecutive days. Well, actually, no, not consecutive because they were closed on Mondays. uh, And I had gone in there initially on a Friday. Three days worth of just hours on end waiting at the DMV. Wow. Wow. The first time, initially, uh, because of documentation that they needed, uh, they wanted a birth certificate, a title for a vehicle, a former uh, driver's license from the previous state. Uh, They wanted a pay stub and a uh, piece of mail from my new current address, Um, and and then another form of identification, something like a social security card or a passport. Uh, So... (laughs) <laughs> Needless to say, I didn't have all that information with me right, when just, I went to the it, DMV. sitting there in your portfolio. Essentially, it was the epitome of show us your papers. Sure, it was. And uh, what was well, you could have been a terrorist? Something like that, I guess. <laughs> I mean, even though I had a uh, working driver's license right. and had enough documentation that they should have known what was going on, but. Yeah. Um, absurd. It's absolutely absurd. They just want you to jump through hoops because they they can. They can force you to do whatever they want you to do. If if you want their license, that's what you got to do. One of the things that I found really interesting is I, I you know the first day I was a little exasperated, uh, so I got into some conversations with some of the uh, bureaucrats that were working there after waiting in line. How'd that go? <laughs> it was actually pretty interesting. I. Uh, I was amazed at how readily and how easily uh, one of them admitted to the fact that uh, 
everything there is a fiction. Uh, he, uh, really? Yeah, he, he said something about me needing the title because he couldn't issue a new registration for my vehicle uh, with the old registration. He needed the title to see the title to the vehicle or needed a lien uh, for the vehicle. So I said, well, why don't you just give me a lien on my own vehicle? <laughs> so, uh, And he said he couldn't do that. He needed the title. And I said, well... Why can't you issue a lien on? I'll I'll just take out a lien on my own vehicle. Mm-hmm. I said this is all all a fiction anyway. Uh, it's, this whole title is a fictional thing created by the government sure. to, to just uh, the car's ha- real. The title's not right. I, right. I said the car's real. This is my property, and he sort of just nodded and said, uh-huh. "Yeah, yeah, I understand, but I'm going to need the title." Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. More on the way. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I think uh, we'll rotate Johnson out. He may return here in a little while. Baron Swearingen is standing by from the Free State Project, the president of the Free State Project, that we are going to talk to Kenny and uh, take your calls as well at one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. This is the live Saturday edition of Free Talk Live, broadcasting from the fourth annual Porcupine Freedom Festival. This is Free Talk Live's live Saturday edition, broadcasting from the 4th Annual Porcupine Freedom Festival. The toll-free number is the same as always, 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. That's 800-259-9231. Of course, you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free. That includes live streams, broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version uh, totally free. Though tonight, because we're on remote, we've got a limited wireless broadband access. We're only offering a, a limited version of the dial-up, or the, excuse me, the broadband version tonight. So anyway, 99% of the time the streams are there and they're always free. That much is for sure. Freetalklive.com. The Republican Liberty Caucus welcomes new members in the pursuit of individual rights, limited government, and free enterprise principles all within the GOP. Visit rlc.org and click join us today. We'll find liberty together. That's rlc.org. Now I want to talk to Varen Swearingen here in a moment, but I want to take a call from Kenny. He's been holding on pretty patiently. Kenny in South Carolina, you're on Free Talk Live. How you doing? Hi, Mark. Hi, Ian. Hey, man. What's on your mind? Uh, I want to talk about stupid laws in South Carolina. Okay, go for it. Tonight, uh, a couple of friends of mine wanted to head up to the mall. I wanted to see about a job interview and uh, wanted to do some shopping, you know, regular things. And uh, lo and behold, the uh, the state was there. What Police were they doing? were there out front. Okay. Yeah, and uh, apparently now in South Carolina, you need to be 19 or have a legal guardian with you in order to go into the mall. Now, hold on a second. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Are you sure that's a law that's and not a the mall's s- policy? A state law to be... It is a law. At first, I thought it might be a private policy of the mall, but there's a police station inside the mall, and they have posted out front the uh, law and when it took effect. 19? Wow. So you mean I can, I can vote, <laughs> I can go to rated R movies, but I can't go to the mall? You can even watch porn, but you can't go in the mall. Wow. I can go to strip clubs at 18. Amazing. You can, you know, you can, the mall is a dangerous you can place. Apparently. And go dive to the state, but you can't go shop in the mall. That is absolutely outrageous. So were your friends prevented from uh, from going in? Well, we all just decided, you know, on the basis of principle, to just leave. Yeah, screw them. Wow, just that's amazing. Our business elsewhere. Oh, Kenny, thank you for the call. We appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. I wonder what the malls think about that. They just cut out uh, a, a huge uh, uh, spending set of, the, set of the spending demographic. I mean, uh, well, people under the age of 18 have all kinds of uh, yeah. uh, disposable income. Now, they may be bratty, some of them. They may cause a little bit of trouble, but that's why you've got Not mall all security. Of them. 
and, and you job. know, some of them actually got a, a bunch of their parents' money, and they want to go shopping. I sure mean, they do. Yeah. yeah. They may yeah. even have the credit card. I don't understand it. We've heard of, of malls instituting private policies like that, where they make their decision uh, to close their doors to young people after a certain time of night or something like that. Yeah. And that's cool. You know, that's their prerogative and their decision. But to, uh, to get the government involved in something like that, absolutely outrageous. And uh, obviously, you heard a third voice on the show. I, I haven't properly introduced him. He is the president of the Free State Project, Varen Swearingen. Uh, you've joined us in the past by phone, but uh, you here you are again in person. And at Liberty Forum. That's right. You were uh, in person at the Liberty Forum. Yeah. And now we're here at Pork Fest, but the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Details at porkfest.com, P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T.com. It's still not quite too late to come out. There's a couple things still going on tonight and tomorrow morning as well, right? A couple of movies tonight. we got uh, The Bonfire, The Circle of Liberty, the infamous. What, now, what, wait, 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 why is that infamous? Well, you know, this started a couple of years ago with a fellow by the name of Tim Condon, and he wandered around with a bottle of Jack Daniels and a big stick, and he'd give you the stick, and it was your turn to talk. And people said um, basically anything that came to their mind. You mean people, libertarians, volunteers? Voluntarily followed the rules in that particular It's case. a weird thing, you know. Yeah, of course, amazing. the ones that didn't just kind of wandered off. Yeah. But it, it got to be a big circle, and it was like, you know, speech, speech. It was interesting. Some yeah. people hated it, and some people loved it. Well, if they hated it, they can go away and have their own bonfire, That's right? the way it works, isn't it? Because we're out here at uh, Gunstock uh, Mountain Resort, and yeah. it is uh, just an amazingly beautiful place. I'm sure also beautiful during the wintertime, but right now that's obviously not the case. And uh, lots of people here. I think uh, Rich Goldman, the organizer of the Pork Fest, told us over 451 registered. Yep. people at Porkfest. And a bunch that, that never registered. This uh, right. definitely, from a registration standpoint, uh, sets the record all time, so we've That's grown again. That's what I again. was going to ask you next, yeah. as a matter of fact. That's, that is excellent news. And so you, as the president of the Free State Project, what's your role here at Porkfest? Um, well, I emceed today, and then uh, people throw tomatoes at me. Basically. Yeah, a lot of, lot of handshaking, I would imagine. Yeah. Oh, you're the guy. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm the guy that was too dumb to say no, so that's why I'm here. <laughs> so um, have you seen a lot of new faces this time around? I have. There's a lot of people I don't know. And in fact, uh, several of them have come up to me and said, hey, you know, I emailed you, you know, months ago, and now I'm here. They've just moved. Like, we've probably had a dozen people move in the last week or two. Now, again, just to recap, the Free State Project is what? The Free State Project is a migration. It's an agreement among pro-liberty activists to move to New Hampshire for the purpose of creating a society in a single state whose, the, whose government has a maximum role of protecting life, liberty, and property. Simple concept. Pretty simple. That's it. People can learn more at freestateproject.org, get signed up, get on the message boards and all that good stuff. You know, um, I'd sort of considered uh, the libertarian movement to really not have been very successful up until the point that I heard about the Free State Project. To me, the Free State Project is the only thing that's made sense. Um, it's, and it's, it's been working. Right, because our government's progressively getting bigger. People right. might be hearing about concepts of liberty. They might be hearing about concepts of small government. They might like the idea of lower taxes. But the government's getting bigger every year, taxing us more, and um, getting into our lives more and more. So well, it's fa- it was failing. And the, the Free State Project seems to me like the only thing that could possibly work. Now, in theory, it will work. But, Varen, you're claiming it is working. So for the people uh, on our 26 radio stations across the country listening tonight that, that are just coming across maybe the Free State Project for the first time and saying to them, says, what are you talking about? And it's working. You've got a couple hundred activists. What has happened? What are the things that, like, the top two or right. three things you can point to recently? Something concrete. Occurred? Yeah. Well, let me qualify that first. To say it's working, um, I wouldn't go so far as to say New Hampshire is suddenly becoming far more libertarian. Uh, there haven't been enough people who have moved here to accomplish that. But what we have seen is, number one, people have actually moved. We don't even know the number for sure, but it's well over 200, probably 250, maybe closer to 300, plus several hundred who were already here. Mm-hmm. Those activists have worked to, together to 
to produce victories that are measurably identifiable as theirs. For example, cutting millions of dollars out of local budgets, um, and that's attributable to Free State Project participants. That's just by guys showing up just at their local up. town meetings right. and speaking out. Yep. Um, we heard, in fact, we heard a story today about a mover who did exactly that, saved I think it was a million and a half out of wow. the town budget. Um, so, and and at the state level, uh, several things that have gone through the House of Representatives, the Senate, and been signed by the governor a couple of years ago, a, a homeschool deregulation bill. Uh, we got real ID uh, through the House last year. The Senate killed it. It came back and passed this year, meaning a bill to totally exempt New Hampshire from participating in the real ID number everybody government identification program. The right. New Hampshire telling the federal government. Flip off. We don't That's want any right. part of this. Yeah. Right. I mean, and a lot of states have done that, but thank goodness New Hampshire is uh, near yeah. the forefront. And New Hampshire, I believe, was the first to get a total removal bill through any of its legislative bodies. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple other states came in in the meantime, and now New Hampshire has has passed the whole kit and caboodle. Also, uh, you know, the statists every year try to do something or another. Uh, an example of something they failed at this year was again they came back with a seatbelt bill. New Hampshire is still the only state that does not require seatbelt use for adults. Can That's you your choice. I mean, a, a person over the age of 18 can figure out whether or not a seatbelt makes sense to them um, in New Hampshire. 49 of the uh, 50 states, no, you don't get to make that choice. That's the right. politicians have made it for you. Yeah, and New Hampshire... Uh, that, it doesn't that, matter if one of your relatives died in a fiery wreck and they were held in um, to the car by a uh, seatbelt, you still have to wear one yeah. because we know what's good for you. And, and, you know, it was tight this year. It passed the House, which was a, l- a little bit uh, disappointing. But then the Senate killed it, and a lot of that, I think, had to do with people showing up saying, you know what, you guys, we really don't need to do this. Pe- we can be responsible. Education works, and, uh, you know, it's not a government's job to tell us whether or not we should put our seatbelts on. All the more reason to get more, because it was such a tight vote, yeah. all the more reason to get as many people moving here as soon yeah. as possible. You mentioned First 1,000. Uh, it was something that was completed earlier this year. The concept is to move 1,000 of the 20,000 to New Hampshire sooner rather than later, specifically right. by the end of 2008. So yeah. by the end of 2008, we're going to have at least a 1,000 so-called early movers in here. I mean, we've only got about 200 of them so far, and we've already got all this activism, all these uh, new uh, activist groups being created. Oh, and that, so that'll totally change the landscape. It yeah. really will. Yeah. That it's would give us more activists, I believe, than the Republican and Democratic Party activists combined, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not sure about that, but it'll, it'll get us to the point where um, it's beyond no noticeable. Yeah. Way, way beyond noticeable. I don't know how many they have. They, there might be two or 3,000 in the state right now. They already know we're here, though. There was uh, yeah. some of the people visiting us in Keene the other day told us they were at a gas station, um, and there was one of the New Hampshire, I guess, state senators there filling up, and they approached him all friendly, like, hey, we're from the Free State Project. He got in his car and pulled out of the, oh, the yeah. parking lot. They know we're here. Anyway, uh, Varen, thank you. I know you've got a lot of things to take hey, care thanks, of. Thanks, guys. i got to run. Thanks Appreciate for stopping it. by. FreeStateProject.org. Yes, sir. one 800 259 This is Free Talk Live. We're broadcasting from the fourth annual Porcupine Freedom Festival. The show is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you, that's 1-800-259-9231. This is the live Saturday edition. Uh, not doing the show from our normal location tonight. We are sitting in beautiful, I believe this is uh, Guilford, New Hampshire, technically, where we are right now. Certainly close to Weir's Beach. Uh, very close to Weir's Beach, which Laconia, is... Laconia, where, the, uh, where they have the Harley-Davidson thing every year. Wait, is that actually a beach? Well, it's or is on it on the 
lake. the lake. Well, uh, just because you're from Florida doesn't mean that every beach has to be on an ocean or a gulf. Well, anyway, we're at Gunstock. It has to be salt water. We're at a nice resort beach. called uh, called Gunstock. There's a lot of activities going on here, and we've uh, we've talked to a number of people from the Free State Project already. Of course, this is still Free Talk Live. You can still call in about what you want. So we're going to go to the phones at 800-259-9231 and talk to Tom in New Hampshire. Tom, you're on Free Talk Live. Uh, yeah, I used to own a house on a lake once, but then in the springtime the ice melted and it fell in. But anyway, I uh, just want to point out that the sooner you move here, you see, the more the, the sooner they move, the more important they are. And it's going to be an avalanche because once the free staters eliminate, like the government-run indoctrination centers, yes, the there's going to be more freedom. And that's going to be a humongous magnet to people who never heard of the Free State Project who are going to move to New Hampshire because of the freedom that has been generated, uh, has been protected by the original ones. So, I mean, I moved to New Hampshire because uh, actually it was 1988, but uh, I had read in the New Hampshire state constitution. For some reason, I was reading state constitutions in those days. In 1980, I happened to notice, hey, 400 members of the House for a, a small population like that, that's the, that sounds like the easiest Plus, one to infiltrate. I yeah, think and it's chance true. I get. You're right, and you actually got elected, as a matter of fact. And not only um, is, the, is New Hampshire's state house the largest legislative body, I think, in uh, certainly of all the United States. It may be, I think it's the third, the third largest in the in world. The world. I believe, I believe, yeah. um, so the, the districts are very small. It's very easy to run political campaigns here, very affordable. And uh, so it's very uh, important that that, that that happens. And so all you really have to do is get here, move here, wait two years, and then you too uh, can run for office, right? Yeah, but get a job first. Uh, I would say, you know, one option there is to try to line up a job and, and come in for the interview at overnight receiving at Walmart or driving a taxi because you know they'll bring people in. Yeah, you got to pay in Nashua. You got to buy a license for fifty dollars, and the taxi companies will put you. You start making some money right away, and Walmart is always hiring on the overnight receiving because they set the the wage such that people aren't going to stay for a long time at that usually. And so they're going to constantly have to hire more people. Why pay a couple bucks more and have people stay? There's no advantage because it's overnight uh, unloading the truck and stocking the shelves. There's all kinds of jobs available here uh, from mom and pop uh, businesses to Walmart. And Tom, thank you for the call. We appreciate hearing from you. It is the best economy in the northeast of the United States and it's only going to get better with all these liberty-minded people moving here, as I mentioned earlier, moving their businesses here, uh, creating jobs in the state. It's just an incredible place to be and it's it's an honor to be a part of it early on. Yeah, the New Hampshire legislature is the uh, legislature is in fact the uh, third largest legislative body in the world, behind the United States House of Representatives and the uh, German Bundestag or something like Bundestag. Right, and and it just you're saying it's the third largest in the world, but it's also those 400 people are representing such small areas. I mean, it's just right. Incredible. It's 1.3 million people that those uh, 400 people represent. So it's like one person for every 2,300 uh, adults. It's literally possible when you're running a, a campaign. For those of you that are more politically minded, it's literally possible to go and walk your district. I mean, literally walk door to door and shake hands with people and meet people. Let's actually talk to some of the uh, the people here at 
pork fest because we're set up the same way we were at uh, the Liberty Forum earlier this year. We've got a third microphone, so if you're here at pork fest listening to the show, you can stop by, sit in, and uh, we'll talk to you for a little while and find out what your impressions are. Maybe there's something else beyond pork fest related that you wanted to discuss. Sort of like being a caller, but not really because you're sitting here, which means that we have to unceremoniously get rid of you at some point, Sam. But uh, <laughs> Sam is sitting here, and he is one of the pork fest participants this year. Hello. And now, it's an honor to be here. And you are also, I presume, a Free Talk Live listener. Absolutely. As well. um, so, first time in New Hampshire? First time in New Hampshire. And I've heard you guys talk about how accessible the reps are and how there's 400 of them at your neighbor down the street. But it, it really did not sink in with me until I was actually here. Because there's so many of them and they change out so frequently, these are really people that are not career politicians. They get paid $100 or $200 a year. And federal taxes are taken out of that. Really? Not exactly a uh, really prestigious position. Right. I mean, if you have to drive an hour to Concord to uh, go to the state house... hundred bucks is gone. Yeah. You're paying to be a representative. It's a chore, and they don't really understand all these issues, and they're really open to feedback and input from their constituents. And I think it really makes a difference when you call them up. Now, what what was coming to... How did Porkfest help you understand that? Did you meet some of them here or something? Yeah, I was the one that actually chased that senator away from the gas station when I jumped out of the van oh, okay. talking to him. Yeah, that was a great story. <laughs> and uh, so here you are, your first time in New Hampshire, your first time being around, presumably at least, this many liberty-loving individuals, right? Absolutely. What's, what's that like? Fantastic. Um, I'm, I'm deciding on where I want to move and looking at the different areas. That's why I did a lot of the bus tours. Mm-hmm. And the greatest part about Porkfest is not what goes on in the rooms here, but outside on the lawn. It really is. Sitting down with Russell Canning, strategizing, okay, we could do this. What about this? If we open this kind of business here, would this work? Sure. And just running these ideas around all the other activists has been really amazing. And that's one of the coolest things about the Free State Project. And I was explaining this. I was on a radio show earlier this morning. I was explaining this to these guys because even though they live here in New Hampshire and they've heard things, things about the Free State Project, they still didn't quite understand what it was all about. And I had to clarify for them, you know, this is not a centrally controlled organization. The Free State Project only exists to move liberty lovers to New Hampshire. What those individuals do once they arrive is completely up to them. And so you can do whatever you think is best to advance liberty. Maybe that's being civilly disobedient. Maybe that's doing uh, running for political office or something I haven't even thought of. Yeah, for me, that's civil disobedience. For other people out there, it's pick your issue and there's a group of people that are like-minded and want to achieve the same goal what sort of uh, what now when you say civil disobedience what sort of issues are you looking at Uh, well i do a lot of uh, flying without id i I don't know exactly what i'm going to get into i like the guy in canada that basically just asks the questions of the bureaucrats and gets them robert menard from thinkfree.ca yes i like what he does and i want to look at okay could we possibly do that in new hampshire with the support that's here I was uh, watching some video footage the other night um, that I think I, I got through Google, Google video, video. I watched that four times. Of a, well, I don't know if uh, there's different ones. So I don't know if you're t- thinking the same one. This was a lady who was at her home, and bureaucrats, in this case the police, were coming to try to change the locks on her house. She'd sold her house. So this is sort of this weird situation. But anyway, um, she uh, was still living in the home, and I guess she was allowed to because the sale hadn't, I guess, completely complete. I don't know what all the details were. Anyway, the, the, these guys wanted to come in and change the locks on her home. And she, uh, when, the, when the police, and there's video footage of this from multiple angles, so I believe it to be legitimate, um, the police approached her. And as the police officer was approaching, she said, are you a peace officer? 
And the officer said, yes, I am a peace officer. And she said, well, are you acting in my best – are you a peace officer acting in my best interest? He would never really answer that question straight on. But I found it interesting that, you know, you ask the question, are you a peace officer? You get them to sort of put themselves into that mode instead of being the law enforcement officers that uh, that they could be. And then when he asked her if she was so-and-so, whatever her name was, Jane somebody, uh, he asked her – or Irene I think was her name – she said, I'm the agent for that capitalized name because some people have, uh, have put forth the idea that, well, the government creates this legal fiction for you. and that the Kind of like a corporation. Right. The government creates a little corporation for you and that it's always doing business with that corporation. And you can represent the corporation if you want to. Since the government, in fact, is a legal fiction itself, right. it can only interact with other legal fictions is the idea. That's I'm not sure concept. that I, I am. And they can... seem to put your butt in jail when, it, um, when they're dealing with uh, you, know, you, so I'm not sure how that works. But what he proposes is that you can step out of that legal fiction and the lawyers and judges and all still have to stay in their little cage and exactly. follow all the rules, but you don't. It was amazing watching this because you, we've heard Robert Menard talk about these things, but to actually watch video footage of someone doing these, uh, enacting these concepts was, was pretty interesting because when she said, I'm the agent for that capitalized name, he didn't really say, well, no, you aren't. You're Irene so-and-so. He didn't challenge her on that. Um, when you would think that a, a pushy cop would do something like that, mm-hmm. the cop just sort of took that in stride and, and moved along with his line of questioning because he couldn't really say anything to her because she didn't want to be that name on that piece of paper. Just fascinating. Yeah, and I think it's important that you kind of de-escalate the situation and get the emotion out of it. That's one of the conversations Russell and I had last night was a lot about how do you just kind of scale it back down to where they're going to listen and interact and really think about what you're saying? And he even right. says sometimes he'll just sit down. And From that's person what, to person. what Gandhi used to do is to just back up and sit down, and that really can de-escalate the situation. And I think it's so cool that you know everybody's sort of trading tips on what the most effective ways to do things are. And we're going to learn, uh, we're going to learn by making a bunch of mistakes, inevitably, and that's why it's so great that we got people here early laying the groundwork. Ian, real quick, I called in one time about Nelson Mandela. Caught okay. you completely by surprise because you're educated in government schools, so yes. I brought you my personal copy. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate that, call Sam. in in a month and test you. Okay. I'll, I can't guarantee you I will have it listened to by then, but I appreciate you sitting in, and hour number three is on the way. You call in about whatever's on your mind. Uh, 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number three of the live Saturday edition. You, as always, can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. 1-800-259-9231. Broadcasting the show live tonight from the 4th Annual Porcupine Freedom Festival at uh, Gunstock Mountain Resort up in beautiful Guilford, New Hampshire. Mark, it's uh, it's our first time here. We've never done this before. No, it, I, you know, Sam was saying earlier that he thought he felt like the best uh, part of it was uh, the camaraderie. Absolutely. And I have to totally agree. I've been to a few of the, few of the events and everybody got to talking and, you know, there was a lot to, to learn at the, um, you know, the sort of seminar events. But mm-hmm. uh, what I've enjoyed most is just talking to people. It's amazing to have uh, what it has to be 500 plus people that uh, you know, believe in liberty, that believe that right. the, the government should be out of our lives. Not only that, but they're willing to do something about it. Yeah. Because it's one thing to sit around and yap about freedom, which is what we used to do in the Libertarian Party down in Florida. You'd mm-hmm. sit around once a month and, uh, you know, eat a nice meal and chit-chat, but you didn't actually do anything about it. 
And now you've got now well, we are when, surrounded uh, by people that are doing things. Remember when uh, Rush Limbaugh used to talk about uh, things like small government and stuff like that before the Republicans got in power and showed their true colors? Uh, yeah. You know. <laughs> so now it's really happening, and it's so exciting to be around people of a of a similar mindset. If you've never experienced this, if you're somebody sitting out there listening to this show saying, you know, I've really enjoyed Free Talk Live. They they make me they make me realize they help me realize that there are other people out there that think like I do. There are a lot of people that will email us or call into the show yeah. and say, Wow, guys, I thought I was alone. Um, you're not alone. It it may feel like you are because there's just not a lot going on around the rest of the country. There's just not a lot of of pro liberty activism. Not that way here in New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. There is a lot. There's more than I can keep track of up here. And there's new organizations coming out every single day. There are sort of umbrella groups like the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance that that cover a wide swath of issues. um, And they rate rate each of the politicians on their votes as far as did you vote pro-liberty or not. And then at the end of the year, they tally all those votes up and they come up with a a grade like A through F. Right, a simple grading system that's um, significantly uh, more lenient than uh, the grading system I went to uh, school under. This one, uh, I think a, a, a D is still in the below the 50, 50th percentile. So, um, you know, the, when the politicians... W- you mean less lenient. That's less, less lenient. lenient I, yeah. more, no, it's more lenient. More- it's more lenient than um, the sco- the uh, system under which I went a, to school. You can get a 65 in government school. And right, I'm an saying F. it's more lenient. You know, no, it's actually, that's a D. Excuse me, 65 is a D. Right, well, 65 and up. Anyway, um, the, the, the the fact is it looks terrible for a politician to get a uh, F from the uh, New Hampshire Liberty Alliance right. on uh, their voting record. So, you've so got, they take that in consideration when they vote. You've got these umbrella groups that have been created here in New Hampshire. And again, we're talking about the Free State Project, this movement of liberty lovers, thousands of them from all around, all, all around the country, all to one state, to focus on getting liberty, um, attaining liberty in one place. And so you've got these neat, these people that are the early movers are laying the groundwork. They're creating these organizations, and when there's not an organization, someone will just create one. Uh, you know, if you've got an issue that you want to create, a, like a one, an organization to promote one issue, like the uh, the the New Hampshire Coalition for Common Sense, mm-hmm. they are great pro-marijuana uh, decriminalization slash legalization movement that has sprung up within the last six or seven months here in New Hampshire. And all of a sudden, all, here they are. They've got their own table. They're handing out merchandise. I mean, just the incredible amount of activism and the incredible people that are involved in this movement. It's, it is awe-inspiring. It really is. I, I, I can't believe it. I mean, every time I think about uh, how things are changing and how we're actually slowing down the growth of government here with only 250 movers, maybe, for the Free State Project, it, it, it's baffling to me, but it seems to be working. Uh, we've got a third microphone sitting here at the table, and uh, we're actually surrounded by a number of our listeners, which is, is always fun, and I don't know why they would want to sit here and watch us talk into, yammer into microphones, but apparently it is an attraction because people are here, and, and I appreciate you guys coming by. Um, but we've got a, a third mic, and we sort of were inviting people to, to step up and said, you know, the mic's not going to bite you, and, and so Dale has, uh, has um, joined us here. Uh, J- Dale, who is, um, I guess, your first time visiting New Hampshire, come real close to that mic when you talk. Um, let me turn it down, actually. That would help, too. <laughs> Yeah, that helps. Yeah, this is my first time in New Hampshire. I've been uh I tried to go to Porkfest last year and it fell through and I've uh been following the Free State project project for several years. Uh about a year ago I decided to take the plunge and go ahead and sign the pledge. Just like your earlier Great. guest said, uh 
Well, you know, it's not until they hit 20,000, and even then you have five years to move. So it sure. didn't feel like a, a terrifying pledge to make, but I did want to be, I did want to commit to it. So right. I spent and a couple years thinking. People about take it. take their pledges very seriously. They don't want to pledge to move um, for the Free State Project if they're not going to be able to do it. So many people are sort of holding off to see how it goes and all that kind of thing. And um, how did that play in as far as making you making your de- your decisions? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I had, well, I think what it came down to was that. Um, you know, the project sounded really fascinating. I wasn't sure if it would be viable mm-hmm. at the time. And so, you know, I'm just following it on the website. Sure. And, and actually, a liberal friend pointed it out, which is kind of interesting. Huh. But uh, he, he knew I was libertarian-minded and that That's I might cool. be interested. In, and I actually just really got very interested in it. And what, But what I found myself, as I found out more and more about it, is that just New Hampshire just sounded like a great place to live anyway. And that's what made it easier to say, yeah, I'll go ahead and take the pledge. You know, sure. if, if they actually get 20,000 people, that makes it really easy to go. That's the icing and, on the cake, right? <laughs> Yeah, now that I'm here and I've been, you know, just a day or two into Pork Fest, I was way over the hump and uh, really? deciding to move. And now I'm it's not going to wait what for 20,000 people. Was there anymore. one particular factor that sort of uh, hit home with you that said, uh, you know, okay, this I got to go sooner than later? <laughs> the people here are just fantastic. I mean, I think, you know, I think something about it is there's something very empowering about making a conscious decision about where you want to live and how you want to live your life. Mm. And I think most people, you know, we, most people realize that you end up wherever you end up most of the time yeah, in your life. Yeah, they sort of you're born, the changes, and you yeah. know, they don't well, really have a plan. Sometimes most they'll move for girls or jobs, and that's about it. Yeah, yeah you stay near where you're going to live. Yeah, maybe if you get a job elsewhere, if you get a job offer mm-hmm. somewhere, you'll move. I've done that. That's what I did the last time. I lived in L.A. for eight years until very recently, and then moved back home. And I just decided, you know, I'm pretty sure I want to do something different. I want to get the heck out of California. Mm-hmm. And, Where's home uh, now? Home is, at, at the moment, Atlanta. Okay. And uh, I decided to go back to Atlanta. So what I said, I, I sold my condo. The market was about to, to take a tumble anyway. Mm-hmm. I quit my job, and I'm on, and that allowed me to go on sabbatical and start thinking about what I wanted to do next. So that puts me in a good position to, to go ahead and move if I want to, which I'm going to do. <laughs> so uh, what, what's your time frame? Like, how soon are you coming up? As soon as I can find a, a – I want to rent a room right now. I don't want to get a, an apartment or something. I, I'm eventually going to buy a home, but I thought the best thing to do would be go ahead and get up here and be in this environment and uh renting a know. room will plug you in a little more probably. yeah yeah absolutely and, and, and talking about moving um it also brings me back you know talking about moving and the, the people that are involved in this uh this free state project movement when you move to new hampshire if you contact the welcome wagon through the free state project's website at freestateproject.org and let them know when you're moving when you're expecting to arrive and all that you know where your your house is or your apartment or whatever uh, presuming you've got a few boxes and some furniture that you're moving up with you, uh, they are going to let people know that you're on the way here. And, you know, this is all if you want it. You don't have yeah. to have this. But if you want, you're going to arrive at your apartment or your new house, and there are going to be 20 people out front, <laughs> you know, wanting to help you move in. I mean, right. this, this is not an un- exaggeration. It's unprecedented. And all you have to do is buy them some pizza afterward, and they're happy, and everybody mm-hmm. hangs out and has a good time. You, again, you get to socialize and, yeah, and meet people. I'm looking forward to the people coming over, but it'll be a little more than a party for me because mm-hmm. I already liquidated to move from ca- California to Atlanta, so I have everything will fit in my car right now. Good. Great. <laughs> that makes it so, easy. It really does. Yeah. So I mean, the people are amazing because when I came up here, not knowing where I was going to stay or anything, I knew there's you know I didn't have equipment for a campground. I just found people offering me to stay in their campground when I got here, and 
It, it's just been really General easy. Folks. That's what we're seeing. I mean, as people continue to be interested in the Free State Project and express their interest, they're just welcomed with open arms by the uh, the activists that have already moved here, and they try to make it as easy as possible. There are, there are job postings at nhfree.com and freestateproject.org. Uh, there are people that, are, that, that will help you with these sorts of things. They're not, they're not going to hold your hand all the way through it, but uh, they're making it a lot easier than moving anywhere else. Moving anywhere else, you're on your own. Moving to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, there's already a built-in network of people that are interested in helping you get here as soon as possible and as safely as possible. Dale, thanks for stopping by, man. We uh, appreciate it. Thanks. It's the first time listening to it live. So. Great. <laughs> well, we'll do it again, I'm sure, next year. 1-800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Mark, we haven't even gotten to show prep yet tonight. Who needs I'm it? Sure. We've got all kinds of people to interview. We've got to, uh, people to talk to. I know Johnson's still waiting in the wings. I'm sure he's got a few more things to say. We'll try to bring uh, him back here in a moment. The Christian and Anarchist is on the line. We'll talk to him. You're I looking you were around. Say he was here. He was here. I, I was excited. Yeah, I, I was hoping to see him, but uh, we'll ask him why he's not here here in a few moments. No scolding. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. And you, of course, can bring up whatever's on your mind. This is the live Saturday edition of Free Talk Live, and we are broadcasting from the fourth annual Porcupine Freedom Festival. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, totally free, and some of those features include the wiki. It is like a listener-editable version of our website, over 1,350 pages created by listeners just like you. It's all totally free at wiki.freetalklive.com, wiki.freetalklive.com. And are you prepared for the day the dollar drops to zero? D2Z.org proposes that day is near. Go to D2Z.org and learn how to survive and thrive during the U.S. dollar crisis. D2Z.org as we go to the phones to the fun. Gene, the Christian anarchist, calling from Tennessee. You're on Free Talk Live, Gene. Well, hi. You've been, uh, I suppose you guys are too busy to be watching the news lately. Yeah, well, I'm, I don't have television, Gene, in the first place, so I can't really watch, oh, I don't watch the news. Television news. But I do I look at the news. news the internet. I do look at the news websites, and so I'm sort of connected that way. What about it? Okay, uh, about that crooked cop who apparently killed his wife, uh, his ex-girlfriend. Do who tell. Have you been seeing? You haven't seen that one? No, I. No, it's in it. Cleveland. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, Can you fill me like, in? Because uh, I don't know. What is this all about? He, he, they, they finally arrested him. He got arrested today. Uh, they found the girl, the, the, the woman's body, and her uh, unborn child, and so that, now pregnant. he's being charged with two counts of murder. Now wait, is he crooked because he killed his girlfriend, or was he crooked before that? He was crooked before that. Apparently, he um, had nearly lost his badge because he had given his gun to a drug dealing cousin, and uh, when wow. his drug dealing cousin got busted, they found the gun there, and uh, so. But he didn't I, get I, fired for that. Oh wait, he lost his uh, badge. He lost his badge, and then he was reinstated. Hmm. One of union. those things, you know, where the uh, union went uh, screaming foul because uh, he was a crooked cop, and the union wants those crooked cops there. So. I know this is a minor detail, but we've heard before uh, where bureaucrats will get fired and then reinstated and actually given back pay for all the time that they weren't working. Yeah, they get a nice vacation out of the deal. Yeah, it's amazing. But, um, so what about the other this guy? Day, Oh, I just wanted to, to cue you in on it so, oh, you, okay. so you can add it to your uh, your list of crooked cops. Yes, stories. our our 
never-ending list of corrupt cops in America. I mean, they, they, there are news stories every single week about cops taking people's drugs, taking people's money, uh, just being just generally awful, now, let alone the, the cops that are tasing people unnecessarily and, and uh, beating on people. Uh, Gene, do you have any other thoughts for us tonight? Yes, the other day, uh, right at the end of the show, you brought up the abortion thing, and you wanted to know how uh, uh, somebody with my opinions would uh, would handle a situation like. Let me recap. Abortion. Let's, uh, Mark. Why don't you recap what that was? Uh, that question was. Well, I put up a, a scenario of what, what would uh, in sort of. If in a legal system where um, people would only be charged with a crime if they had uh, somehow offended another person or harmed another person or done something not offended but offended against another person, um, what would happen if a mother uh, killed her newly born child? Uh, I don't know. Like you always hear these dumpster stories and, and that kind of thing. Well, in my world, there's there's uh, something called your own law, and uh, so what would happen would be. Uh, uh, assuming somebody else was in that family was concerned about that unborn child that somebody else might take something take those things into their own hands and that would be uh you know them enforcing their own law and, so and then an uh, arbitrator necessarily wouldn't be involved it would just be a private conflict then is what you're saying yeah i don't i don't necessarily go for the arbitrator thing because to me it looks like another court system i just uh well the difference between the arbitrators and uh, the the government courts is that you consent uh you consent to their jurisdiction, whereas the government doesn't yeah. allow you that choice. I just don't know that I would ever consent to any of their jurisdictions. Fair enough. Gene, thank you for the you answer. Know. We appreciate hearing from you. 1-800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. And uh, here we are at Porkfest, the lovely t- little town of uh, Guilford, New Hampshire, uh, at uh, Gunstock Mountain Resort, here with hundreds of of like-minded, liberty-loving individuals all gathered together in the same place to not only uh, celebrate liberty and uh, talk about the future here in the Free State Project, but to just to simply socialize and hang out. And Shortly, uh, they'll be drinking around a bonfire. I think the drinking's probably already started. I don't know about the actual bonfire. We've actually got a, a number of people drinking in our audience. Uh, so <laughs> there might be some marijuana smoking going on here as well, but I, I don't think I it's... I don't see any, any fires in here. not as out in the open, I don't think. Uh, because it's not legal, not legal yet in New Hampshire. But we've got an open microphone at the table here and a bunch of people surrounding us, and some people want to talk to us. So uh, we're going back to the third mic, and we're going to talk to, I believe it is a gentleman by the name of Walter, correct? Yes. Okay. Now, Walter, uh, you are a Free State Project member. Yes, I am. And you're going to be an early mover? Yes. I, I plan on moving up here in uh, the next the next couple months. Excellent. Are uh, you, you coming by yourself, or you got a family? Or uh, no, I'm coming by myself. That makes it easier. Yeah. Now you've started an organization, and you had a little booth here, and I'm kind of curious. Yeah. What is this organization? What's the name of this organization? It's the New Hampshire Citizens Homeland Security Association. New Hampshire Citizens Homeland Security Association. Yeah. See, when I hear to... Homeland Security, it kind of scares me. <laughs> yeah. So I t- think where are your papers? TSA. <laughs> I think all kinds of federal bureaucrats. Yeah. What? Yeah. How's this different? Why is this? Uh, it's well, actually, we're we. Um, I, I've, it's abs- absolutely opposite, opposite of the Department of Homeland Security. Okay. I mean, we'd like to see that abolished, that, yes. that department. I agree um, with that. And um, the Citizens Homeland Security is basically, it's, um, we're an educational organization. And what we want to do is, um, I mean, we feel there's a problem, like we were talking a little earlier about 
um, between the law enforcement and the the people, we feel there's a, a us versus them mentality. Yes, like, like people have somehow abdicated their responsibility to help their neighbors yeah. um, or their ability even to do so in a time of a crisis. Yes, and whereas it's always left to the authorities. No yeah, and they and, and it both, didn't used to be that way. And us, yes, for hundreds of years in America, it was we were united within our communities. During Katrina, as a matter of fact, FEMA mm-hmm. was turning away people who wanted yep. to help. Yep. Um, people who went to New Orleans to help, um, they, they turned away Walmart trucks full of water. Why? Because somebody hadn't filled out all the proper government paperwork. Right. right. I mean, I don't think they would have that. I don't think they would have let him in anyway. It was all FEMA's gig. They wanted it. The yes, exclusive they wanted deal. to be. Yeah, they wanted to be in charge of making sure people died in the, um, the Superdome. Yep. So what you're so as I understand it, then you're going to have this uh, organization of New Hampshire citizens. Yeah, we've already started a, a meetup group. It's called. It's on on meetup.com. And uh, it's the New Hampshire Citizens Homeland Security Association. What are some but, of the things you'd be doing? Uh, what we want to propose, we want to build a coalition. We've already got um, state reps behind this, but what we want to do is build a coalition that, that where we can um, offer, we want the people to be involved in the law enforcement, basic training with the law enforcement. Uh, the fire. Now, wait a minute, you're not going to create like a snitch squad, are you? No, no, no. This is This is the people. <laughs> What no. are some of the things they'll be doing, I guess? No. Basic training uh, with firearms, basic training with emergency medical and all that, and it will give the people the legal authority uh, as well. Now, and, as, uh, a, as a pretty small government guy, in fact, I'm kind of a no-government yeah. guy, but um, I, I, I'm curious, you're talking about involving law enforcement. Is that going to involve taxpayer dollars? No, none. It's volunteer. We're going to do a voluntary thing. I got no objection to and, that, then. That's and great. And it's, it's going to supplement the existing law enforcement as long as they're obeying the law you know if they're they're outside of the law then i mean so then you might have some uh, some police gun instructors maybe on their own time coming out teaching classes that oh sort absolutely of thing. Yeah, yeah that's pretty cool that's right. walter and, and good luck with that and, well, uh, and good luck with your move to new hampshire look forward okay. to seeing you again okay. thank you thank for you. Uh, sitting in okay. 1-800-259-9231 this is free talk live This is Free Talk Live, the live Saturday edition of the program, broadcasting this evening from the 4th Annual Porcupine Freedom Festival, also known fondly as Porkfest. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com to learn a little bit more about what we're out here doing today and we and about 450 other people are doing. It's an amazing uh, event, my first time uh, here. Mark, your first time as well. Yep. And uh, we've heard from a variety of people, people that have uh, been here before, people that also, like us, are brand new, and everybody seems to be echoing the same thing, and that is the best thing about being at Porkfest is the other people at Porkfest, and just the, the interesting people that you get to talk to and, and hang around with mm-hmm. and and, uh, and just create relationships with right here um, in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. It's really a lot of fun. Um, so, of course, we're still taking your calls about whatever you want at 800-259-9231, but obviously we've got an open mic here at the table. You know, ca- camping's not like, not like the camping I've gone to before where you, uh, you, know, you get a tent or you sort of sleep in your little campground, and maybe you do a little canoeing or something like that. They're, they're camping here, certainly, but it's 500 friends, essentially. Yeah. So there's all kinds of people to talk to and meet, and um, everybody's very friendly. It's amazing, and uh, the uh, the excitement is going to continue on through the night. Uh, I know they're going to have some huge bonfire, and people inevitably will be having a good old time there. And there's still um, there are still things going on tomorrow, so if you're in the New Hampshire area... 
if you get here bright and early, there are a few other things that are happening. And one of the things I'm looking forward to a lot is our friend Gardner Goldsmith is going to be giving a presentation at 11.30 in the morning about immigration. Uh, the actual presentation is called The Media and Immigration Policy in the United States. Now, as you know, if you listen to Free Talk Live during the week, Gardner is our Monday night co-host and just an incredibly talented, uh, brilliant man. Yeah, so he's the talented guy in the show. If, if Gardner's talking, I want to be in the room to, uh, to see what he has to say. And similarly, there is uh, another person who, if she is around, I would like to be in close proximity because... Uh, She's a, a personal hero of mine and probably my favorite activist. Uh, here she is, Lauren Canario, sitting in on the third microphone with us tonight on Free Talk Live. Lauren, how are you? Doing fine. How is everybody here? Man, I couldn't be better. This is fantastic. Now, you've been here before, right? Not here, but at Porkfest before. At, at Porkfest. How many Porkfests have you attended? Uh, this is the third Porkfest oh, I've wow. been to. Oh, wow. So you are a... Uh, a I guess you've had quite a bit of experience at these things. And this is, uh, we've been told this is the biggest one so far. Would you agree? Yes, definitely. It's uh, tremendous. So earlier in the day, um, I attended, I unfortunately was running a little late, but I did attend the Outside the System Political Activism Workshop, which involved you and another one of my favorite activists, Russell Canning, uh, up on stage talking about some of the things that activists in New Hampshire, Free State Project movers, can do and some of the tactics and techniques that they can utilize that don't involve political activism. Because there are a lot of people out there that are sort of like me, that I myself am almost completely burnt out on politics, haven't given it up 100%. Um, there are a lot of people that are totally burnt out on it. They're, they are people that are saying, this isn't the way to freedom, this isn't the correct method. I don't even know if that's what you're saying. But what was it that um, what was it that you were communicating today, this afternoon in that workshop? What can you share with our listeners that they might have missed out on um, in their in their hometowns? Well, let's see. Uh, I was just uh, recapping the things that I had done in the past uh, uh, in New London, Connecticut, and getting thrown in jail. And uh, that's what you made yeah. uh, that's what you made national news for, and maybe even international news when you were in New London on behalf of uh, and in defense of the freedoms of those poor seven homeowners that had been assaulted by the New London government, uh, taking stealing their homes from them in this uh, momentous Supreme Court decision from a couple of years ago. You'd moved into the area, and you were actually arrested twice in New London. That's right. And spread, spent uh, what uh, three months and two two weeks or so in, now, in total. Briefly, what are the what were the circumstances so that people were, understand what kind of hardened criminal you are? You, you were setting <laughs> things on fire and killing people, right? The Machetes? No. no, no. I was uh, blocking. Apparently, I was blocking a staircase that was about five, uh, well, probably at seven feet wide. So, were you mm. jumping back and forth with your and arms out trying to keep no, people and, from going? And yeah. I, I'm not uh, exceptionally large. No, either. no, you're 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 a petite <laughs> little woman. So you wa- now, what staircase was this? It was in City Hall of New London, Connecticut. Uh, there was so many people trying to get into a city council meeting, they couldn't fit them all, and there were saying, okay, this meeting's over, everyone yeah. go downstairs. And Nothing I, to see here. Yeah. And I could still see, I was near the top of the stairs, so I could see people were still in the in the council chambers, mm-hmm. and I said, I, okay. So you I'll, knew they were lying. Yeah. And I knew, I said, oh, okay, when they come out, I'll go down the stairs. And no, you have to go down the stairs now. And oh, you didn't follow orders properly. Yeah, yeah. I see. And, and, so, and there was another circumstance? And then the uh, other circumstance, I was sitting on my friend's porch reading a book. 
This is one of the this is one of the homeowners who uh, had the New London Development Corporation, as sort of front group for the government, steal his home from him. He was, I guess, under contract or agreement to sell the home, but he hadn't quite sold it yet at that point, and you had permission from him to be on his property at that point. Correct? Right. Part of his deal was that he got to keep his uh, garden and trees and orchard and stuff. So uh, I went by. Uh, Occasionally to look over his garden and stuff to make sure it was okay. And you, so you, there was, you were just there relaxing, and at that time the police, I guess, were in the vicinity. What, why did they arrest you? What happened there? Well, they told me uh, to get off the porch, and I said, no, I'll just stay here. Uh, right, it's not their porch. That's right. right. Who, who are they to order you off that porch? Yeah. Apparently so. the uh, cor- quasi-corporate uh, corporation of New London uh, Development Cor- Corporation, right. NLDC. So they arrested you, and then you got to spend months in jail. Right. Without a trial. Without uh, any kind of lawyer or anything. Well, I didn't... They asked if I wanted one, but I said no. What? Um, how did you end up getting out? What do you credit um, as far as your release from three months of captivity? Uh, there was. I think there was a, like a perfect wave of things happening there, and... That, Suzette Kilo's uh, curse Christmas card had just uh, got on national news that day, that mm. morning. Now, this was, of course, the Kilo versus a New yeah. London case. Yes. And uh, there was a, another uh, protest at my prison scheduled coming up within a week or so. Right. The activists at uh, NHFree.com, the New Hampshire Underground, had been calling a number of the bureaucrats that were involved in keeping you captive and just asking them simple questions like, you know, how long are you going to keep our friend in jail, uh, Lauren? And uh, I guess they were calling quite often and a number of people calling. And, of course, you were probably getting uh, several pieces of mail, I guess, while you were in jail at the same time. Oh, yeah. Probably hundreds, yeah. They knew that people were very concerned about you and paying attention uh, to you, which is something that I think Russell was saying this afternoon is that when an activist like a Lauren or a Russell or somebody else who's doing civil disobedience um, on you know sort of involved in the Free State Project goes to jail, there are there are people out there that are paying attention. Unlike your average guy that gets busted for running some cocaine or whatever, his mom doesn't even want to talk to him. There are uh, so many people out there watching and caring and concerned and sending emails and making phone calls. They don't know how to handle it. They've right. never had this happen before. The bailiff said here that the judge was tired of getting emails on his personal home computer. Yeah. <laughs> now, you were getting uh, postcards from people you'd never met while you were in jail in New London, Connecticut, Yeah, right? from all over the country, yes. Hmm. It's very cool. So basically, the judge might have let you go because he was tired of hitting the delete <laughs> button too many times. I mean, really, it's amazing the kind of effect that just one email can have. It's just, it's just you sending the email, but there's also 10 or 20 other people also sending those emails. It makes a difference. And it just goes to show that you don't have to be a Lauren Canario to actually be an effective activist. You don't have to put yourself in harm's way, so to speak, and, and conflict with the, uh, the police officers, though you aren't conflicting with them. You sort of... Uh, what's your technique? Can you describe your technique when you're, you are arrested for those who have never heard of what you've done? When I get arrested, uh, I usually for something that I think is really innocuous and, and harmless, so I've, I don't uh, think I'm a criminal. So I don't help them at all. I don't uh, hold out my hands to get handcuffed. I don't walk where they ask me to. I don't get in vehicles, get out of vehicles. They have to drag me. 
And of course, it, you only weigh 90 pounds, so it can't be that difficult, right? <laughs> well, nonetheless, there was one cop that complained that he hurt his back lifting her. Well, his, his, I'm sure that his union uh, <laughs> has something to say about him having to lift uh, thing, uh, objects over 20 pounds. Lauren, you're an amazing activist. Uh, there are a lot of people listening that might be considering moving to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. What would you say to those people? I say, come on out, even if you are really afraid of getting arrested, you can help out people who are willing to get arrested, or if... Uh, you have a family and you don't want to get in trouble. You know, tell me. I'll, 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 I'll whatever cause you like. I you know I'm willing to. You know, stand up for. And She'll fight for you. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Thank you, Lauren. We appreciate you sitting in. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one is the SACL CAI toll free line. We only have moments remaining in this live Saturday edition, but just enough time for your call if you make it now. <laughs> This is Free Talk Live, the final moments of the live Saturday edition broadcasting from Porcupine Freedom Festival, the fourth annual and our very first, Mark. Yep. Enjoying yourself? I, I am. I'm having a good time. Are you coming back next year? Well, I think I suspect we will. What about Laura? Now, she's not really, Mark's wife, Laura, she's not really an activist, and she's kind of around, right? What's she doing? She's wandering around. She's uh, Her girlfriend Kate's here, and they've been having a good time. Oh, Pretty much cool. you can look for dogs and babies, and Laura will be near, near them. <laughs> Very good. Uh, so we're here only for a few more moments, but if you want to get in on the phones, you can do it now at 800-259-9231. And, of course, join us online at Free Talk Live. All the features on the site are totally free. And if you like what we're doing on Free Talk Live, then you can become a Free Talk Live amplifier over at amp.freetalklive.com. Now, we're sitting here in, uh, again, one of the, I guess the lodge, I guess is what it is, in, uh, at Gunstock Mountain Resort in Guilford, New Hampshire, surrounded by a number of our listeners. And I know that um, all of the people here are listeners, but just by a show of hands or applause, one or the other, how many of you are Free Talk Live amplifiers? Just out of curiosity. That's pretty cool. Thank you. That's awesome. I'm just always amazed at uh, the, the, the level of support that our listeners give to the show on a completely voluntary basis. You know, if you look at other radio talk shows' websites, they've always got this membership area that you can't get into. They tell you, you know, a few of the things that they've got in it. Then they get, they demand seven, five, six dollars from you per month just to access, like, just their archives, for instance. Well, yeah, they have their major products are um, that you have to pay to get them. But we have some perks for people who choose to amplify. We have. Well, we uh, have some perks, but we, it's important to point out that we give away everything on our it website is. up front, mm-hmm. and then we just simply say, if you like the show, voluntarily support us by going to amp.freetalklive.com, like hundreds of our listeners have done. And some of those perks include uh, the amp-only chat room, amp-only forums, uh, as well as the amp-only call-in line, which we can't use tonight, but nonetheless. Uh, we do actually have one of the men behind the scenes of the AMP program with us, and uh, one of the Free Talk Live crew, actually, Michael uh, Michael Hampton from HomelandStupidity.com. US, one of the uh, the best I think sources for show prep out there. As a matter of fact, he uh, it's his blog. What? Let's plug Homeland Stupidity here. Uh, what is it? Well, I wasn't expecting that, but uh, Homeland Stupidity has been my personal project for a couple of years now. Uh, in short, I make fun of the government, <laughs> stupidity, <laughs> incompetence, well. bureaucracy. We don't need any of it. And I just highlight where government gets things wrong and the free market gets things right. Yep, and there's no shortage of content, that's for sure. Absolutely not. Um, so you also, not only are you a, a blogger on the Internet at HomelandStupidity.us, but you're also technically uh, adept. You're able to do things sort of behind the scenes with IT and that sort of thing. And what are you creating for the Free Talk Live amplifiers right now? 
Well, I'm creating a uh, new system for the Free Talk Live amplifiers. I didn't want to give too much of it away, but... Uh, Tickle it. I am, I am the webmaster for Free Talk Live, the BBS, the wiki, everything. I'm the guy behind the scenes that, that makes sure the hamsters stay rolling in their wheels. And uh, when there is a new feature on the when there is a new feature on the website, I'm going to announce it to the amplifiers first and let them test it before everyone else gets. Hold is that of what it. they call beta? Yes. Okay. So the amplifiers will get sneak peeks at the new features that are to come this summer and beyond. You call it a sneak peek. I might call it they get to be our guinea pigs. <laughs> well, six of one, half dozen of the other. <laughs> well, guinea pig kind of implies that somebody will die in the testing. I don't know about that. I don't know what you did to your guinea pigs as a kid, Mark. I never had any. <laughs> well, we had gerbils, and you don't want to know. Well, that's like a that lab rat kind of situation. So there's a new system being designed, because right now, I have to. whenever somebody joins the AMP program, I have to process everything by hand. I have to go in there and upgrade their bulletin board account, and I have to you know, add them to the list to show that they're an amplifier. And it's a, that's a time-consuming task for me. It is. It is. And I'm building an automated system where the minute you hit that PayPal link or that credit card button... It's going to recognize you, and it's going to say, hey, you're an amplifier now. It's going to upgrade your BBS account. It's going to put you on the mailing list if you want to be the ample wow. mailing list. It's going to do soup to nuts. I'm not sure that that's that great for amplifiers, but I know it's fantastic for us. <laughs> I don't know why it wouldn't be great for them. It makes it easier, because if an amplifier has to change some of their information, they've got to email me and wait till I read their email and wait till I get around to doing something about it. Okay, so good. So it makes things much more responsive. And that could take a couple of days, and, and now the amplifiers are going to be able to, do, to make all those changes themselves. And over the past month or so, I've, I've rolled little bits and pieces of it out, and I've had the amplifiers on the BBS go in and test and just make sure that, that parts of it are working okay, and I'm going to roll the full system out later on this weekend. Very cool, very cool. Uh, so what else did you want to cover? You're sitting here. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to discuss with us? Well, this audience here, I, I just wanted to mention that the reason you've got this audience here, in my opinion, is because this message is so powerful, the message of liberty and freedom, and that's why people amp the show. That's why you've got a crowd of people here, and if you agree with me, say something. So... Uh, they haven't said anything. <laughs> there we go. I don't think they. Heard, I don't think they heard their cue. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> All right. And awesome. That, that's why people are sitting here. That's why over 380 something people amp Four the fifth. show. Oh, I thought you were going to say 450 people coming to Pork Fest. I mean, there's so many people here anyway. And there are 450 yeah. something plus people here. The message is powerful. It's it's bringing people to freedom. It's it's a message of hope. And where can you go wrong? You're a new mover, too, right? You're yes. relatively new to the free state. I moved so here three months ago. I'm living in Manchester now. Excellent. And are you satisfied with your decision? Absolutely. Absolutely. It was the best thing I could ever have done. What, why do you say that? You know, this honestly, I believe this is the best place to be to actually do the work that needs to be done to reduce the size of government, to reduce the scope, to get... To get society back on a more libertarian track. You're absolutely right. And because you're so in, you're in such close proximity with other like-minded individuals, you're not this lone wolf in the wilderness calling out the howls of liberty. It's, it, there are a bunch of other people in the pack, so to speak. Yeah. It's, it's much great. easier, much easier to get the momentum going because you've got all these people that are interested in the same things, that, that understand liberty, that want it. 
It's great. And, and Michael, thank you for sitting in with us. We appreciate it. Michael Hampton, homelandstupidity.us. Check his website out. The man also behind the scenes of the Free, uh, Free Talk Live website. Sitting in here on the third mic, uh, Frank, uh, just a uh, one of the attendees at, at Porkfest this evening. Frank, you, uh, you said, do you have time for, for me? And we said, maybe. So here you are. What's on your mind? So Hey, guys. Well, I wanted to let you know that it's a great honor to be sitting here watching you. It's amazing what you guys are doing, being so out there and getting a message across. And I was hoping to maybe bring a story from home and you know sure. get the message out there. Yeah, tell uh, me. Well, my cousin and I have been talking political and, and just bouncing ideas off of each other and he always puts it out there that you know no one can make a difference no, no matter what one person does it'll never change you anything you can't fight and city hall blah 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 right you, you hear it all it. the time yeah well unfortunately that's not the truth you know he's saying that to other people and it, it's really not true people can make a difference and that's what's happening here today pork fest is the pent ultimate of what people can do mm-hmm. you know we're getting together we're making a difference and we're making changes here in new hampshire and i want that to go out there to all those people in radio land and mm-hmm. the web who are listening right now you know get out there be active be motivated and i implore you do something for yourself and your fellow man you Please. know i felt like your cousin uh Prior to finding out about the Free State Project, I, I didn't see that anything was ever going to change in the government. Um, it's constantly getting bigger. It's taxing more. It's getting more intrusive in your life all the time. And what is the average person that doesn't like that going to do? That's Nothing. Right. Well, until like you find out about the Free State Project, in which that sounds like it's going to work. So that's right. It feels like this huge you know, obstacle to go up against. And it, it, if we bond together and, and we do it together, mm-hmm. people can make a difference. Awesome. Very uh, very inspirational. Now, are you a new mover? Are you considering moving? What's your status with New Hampshire, Frank? So I will be here as soon as I can. I'm finishing up school at URI right now. So as soon as I'm done with all of that, I will be here and I will be working towards the, the better good. Fantastic. So I, I guess this was pretty impressive for you. It's your first time at, uh, at Porkfest? That's correct. So thanks to my personal friends who are in the audience right now. I've been listening to the show for about six months and involved for about the same amount of time. So I'm going to do what I can when I can. What, cool. uh, do you have any pe- uh, pet issues, like something you really want to focus on specifically when you get here? Uh, you know, to be honest, I, I don't have anything specific that I'm looking into right now, So, but I'm looking to do what I can. The coolest thing is, I mean, you were here earlier today, all these tables around here, these vendors, uh, the, the different organizations in New Hampshire. When when you come here, when you move to New Hampshire, you get to pick and choose. You can plug yourself into all these existing activist networks and all these things that are already going on. Find what interests you and get involved in it. And as I said earlier, if there's not something that interests you, which I find hard to believe, but if there's not, then you can start your own uh, group and you can start your own uh, levels of activism. And it's just amazing. The, that's uh, that's right. And you know, it's all about the freedom. You got to learn to choose for yourself. And I think that's what the big message here is at Porkfest. You you can make decisions for yourself. You don't need to be told. How it is. Well said, Frank. Thank you for sitting in on Free Talk Live uh, tonight. And, Mark, you know what? We're almost out of time. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that bonfire. I'm going to be heading out there in the next five minutes or so. Lucky dog. I have to sit here and uh, crank out the archives for our Internet listeners. Well, you know, that's what it, that's what happens when you're with the web monkey. Sorry. Well, that's true. I, uh, I do have responsibilities, and I will take care of them. But uh, we appreciate you tuning in to Free Talk Live tonight. We will return, as always, on Monday night. Hopefully, Gardner Goldsmith will be joining us as well at that time. It has been Ian here with you. And Mark, we really uh, appreciate everybody coming out here to Pork Fest. If you didn't make it this year, we'll see you next year, maybe at the Liberty Forum coming up next year as well. And it's just been an amazing time. And thanks to everybody uh, for listening to the show. And visit us online at freetalklive.com. Have a great weekend, everyone.